0: We'll to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. This is not Damon's voice. This is Kyle. I am missing one half of my dynamic duo. Damon is away training in the Swiss Alps to become Batman. I don't know. He's up to something. But uh, I am joined by two lovely guests. Returning guest, Micah. How's it going, man?
1: It's going very well. I'm glad to be back for round three. Third time's a
2: yes, charm, sir. hopefully.
0: One off the hat trick. i <laughs> love to see Great. it. And then we're also joined by a first-time guest, Leah. How's it going? Hello. You guys binging in anything recently? Any TV shows or movies?
1: So um I have not been uh watching as much TV as I would have liked. I'm a teacher and um just went back to school. Well the first day of school was actually today. Uh so that was exciting. But I went back starting for in-service about two weeks ago. So I've been pretty busy. Before that, I spent most of the summer I mentioned this last time, very slowly binging my way through Clone Wars for the first time. <laughs> I'm up to the middle of season five right now. Darth Maul has arrived and yeah, yes. it's just wreaking havoc and kicking ass left and right. But mm-hmm. I honestly haven't watched any uh, in probably the last like 10 days or so. I've been reading a lot, which is nice and fun, but no one wants to hear about what people have been binge reading. They want to hear <laughs> <been> it. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, no. Uh, mostly just con wars when i have a minute free to watch some stuff
0: nice i love that Leah, any binges
2: i have been i don't want to say slogging cuz everyone loves it i've been going through happy endings um okay. and it's just it's it's fine there's some really good stuff but mostly it's fine um and I'm almost done and the way it jumps around, um, because Netflix has it in like the air order, which was out of order. So that's been confusing okay. me. And I'm like, wait, did I see this? I don't know what's going on. Blah, blah blah Um, but other than that, um, I just when I was in Philly last weekend, I saw the I'm caught up on Ted Lasso, so yay for that. Yes. Um but other than that, yeah, that's that's my new stuff that I've been watching. So Okay. Love it
0: yeah i am i'm also all caught up in ted lasso just an absolute delight of a show i don't care that they aired a christmas episode in august because it was just 30 Delightful. minutes of... <laughs> it's just so good <laughs> so joyful um and then i'm kind of slowly working my way through a rewatch of brooklyn Nine mm.
3: um
0: i had never i hadn't caught all the way up when the new season came out so this is like my last chance before it <laughs> before it ends but i am loving it so far and You know i i can't say anything that literally everyone has hasn't already said it's a great show if you haven't seen it like me go watch it (laughs) i love Um,
1: 99 as well um i just have you so you haven't watched the new episodes yet have you no no
0: but i heard john c mcginley was uh in like the first episode and that's just that's
1: enough to get me in yeah yes oh
2: that's fantastic
1: dr cox did did pop up um yeah, I just watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the first time last summer, like a year ago, I believe. My wife and I watched it, and it's just glorious. It's just the best. I would say, obviously, the Halloween heist episodes are incredible, and I think, that I'm, I, think I have the right one in mind. The third one, which I believe is the one that Amy wins, mm-hmm. is maybe one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So <laughs> I don't know if it's not in the third season Halloween heist, but they're all yes. great. But that one, I was just like, sometimes with an episode is just so good you're like just like cheering you're just like yeah. <laughs> this
2: is perfection you give it a standing ovation yeah. at the end.
1: exactly yeah exactly. the, the whole show is amazing
0: exactly that will certainly be the topic of a fun effies once that show wraps up um and speaking of awards yeah today we are here to talk about the oscars love them hate them i do plenty of both depending on the year <laughs> um we are going to talk about the biggest oscar snubs um the times that the Academy just got it wrong, like like always, we each get four picks and yeah, we're going to be keeping it pretty loose. We were talking about it before we started recording. Um, as long as it has to do with the Oscars, really anything's up for grabs. It can be a specific category or if you just think that something some injustice has been served to a, a person and we're going to talk about it. Uh, To decide the order, as always, we got our trusty deck of cards from definitely not a sponsor, Blockbuster. (laughs) Hit us up, Blockbuster. Uh, All right, I'm going to give it a quick shuffle, and here we go. All right, I've got, this is fitting, kind of, with the Academy, uh, movies that are more than 40 years old. So let's see, more than 40, math, that's
2: 81? No, that's 1960, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, i fear that we i mean i might be wrong i fear that we might be able to name like a lot and that might last a long time i mean i I, i'm fairly confident i could name pretty easily a, a strong 50 without thinking too much about it uh from before 1981 uh i mean i'm down to do it if you want that might just it might be a while.
0: It could end up being a real long list game. We did veto, veto our first one last week, so if we want to, we can do that as well.
2: Um, you know I mean, I mean, I wouldn't mind vetoing. I want, I want. You guys had giant monsters. And yeah, that
0: was that was a much better draw. All right, let's give it a quick shuffle again. Here we go. Number two, movies about sports. Okay, so I'm guaranteed to lose this time. Thanks, Micah. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Kyle, I'm happy to do the other one with you, but like, Oscars trivia, I mentioned this before on the last time I was on, is like, kind of my, my thing, and so I memorized all the best picture winners by year, so for sure, that's just like for wow. a thing I for some reason did like 10 years ago, so those are all just in my mind, so I would for sure have all of those from before 1981, and that's already like 50 years, plus obviously random movies sprinkled in So we can do whichever you want of those two.
0: No, this is a much smaller pool. I like this. So movies about sports, uh, just like it sounds, got to be a sports centric movie. Let's start with Leah and then go Micah and then I'll go
1: third.
2: Okay. Uh, Miracle.
1: I will go um, with Field of Dreams. One of my
0: favorites. Uh, Let's go with For Love of the Game.
1: Uh, Bad News Bears, the OG. Nice. Bad News Bears, the OG. I like it. Uh, I'll stick with the the Kevin Cosner baseball theme that we had going there for a while and go with Bull Durham, probably my favorite baseball movie.
2: Yes, that movie is the best baseball movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, he really loves his baseball movies.
0: I mean, I, I can't blame him. He's great.
2: <laughs> he's excellent in any sports movie. If he's in it and it's sports, it's just so good. It's yeah. cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Staying on that, let's go with Tin Cup.
1: Ah, so are we just doing Kevin Costner sports movies? Is that what we're going with? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm down.
3: Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. All right, on to Micah. It's me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will uh, obviously the Kevin Costner sports classic, Dances with Wolves. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, let's let's pivot. Um, I'll go with my favorite basketball movie, and maybe my favorite sports movie period, which is White Men Can't Jump.
2: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Ooh, nice. Uh, let's go with one that I think a lot of people think are is boring, but I love the science or like this behind the scenes stuff. Let's go with Moneyball.
1: Moneyball's is fantastic. Uh,
2: Mighty Ducks one.
1: Yeah, let's get some hockey in there. Absolutely. <laughs> um, let us go with another baseball movie, Eight Men Out.
2: Oh, I love that one.
1: It's a good
0: one. Um, let's go with The Rookie.
2: Let me go D2. are <laughs> out all
1: of, all of all the, the, entire, the entire Mighty Ducks franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Standing off of Cosmic of the Rookie, I will go with one of my favorite movies from childhood, a movie I probably watched 30 times as a kid, which is Rookie of the Year. Ah. And uh, a movie that convinced me that if I break my arm, I, too, can become the closer, closer.
0: That's how it works, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, this one's for a friend of the pod, Katie, Space Jam.
1: I did not see the new Space Jam. I have no idea what you're talking about. They've only made one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, missed
0: the
1: H- I missed the HBO Max window, and I just went, eh, all right, that's fine.
2: Uh, I'm going to go Sandlot.
1: one of the best ever one of the best ever let's go with happy gilmore
3: nice uh let's go with the natural
2: uh angels in the outfield
1: oh very nice very nice kyle you said you were gonna be bad at this and you're just (laughs) rattling them (laughs) off left and right um, let I don't know if we've named a football movie yet. So okay. let's go with one of the all-time football classics, Remember the Titans.
0: That's a good one. That's my favorite. Uh, let's see. Let's go with Rudy. Mm, there we go.
1: A lot of um, movies out there. I'm going to go radio then. Oh, good movie. Wow. You-, you probably could have saved on to that one for like 40 <laughs> to 50 more picks. I do not think people- <laughs> We're There's be-
2: so many sports there. movies.
1: There are a lot. No, oh, We're doing really well. I'm going to go with another childhood baseball classic, which is Little Big League.
2: Ooh. Is that the one where he owns the, the team, or he manages yes. it? He
1: owns the Minnesota Twins, and Ken Griffey Jr. robs them of a home run at the end, and uh, everyone's very upset. That's my main recollection of the it. movie. Ken Griffey Jr. robs it. the Twins of, of a pennant.
2: Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say... Mighty Ducks 3. Get it out.
1: Yeah. Just keep rolling. Got them off. Is it back to me? I lost track of the order we're in. Okay. Just <laughs> nailing all the Mighty Ducks ones. Those are um, gone. <laughs> I'm going to go with a, a, uh, a hybrid sports movie that's about a made-up sport, but a comedy <laughs> classic, Basketball. I say that counts. Yes. That's just oh, crazy. absolutely. Basketball is one of the most prescient movies in terms of just, like, the the total monopolization, like, and the, the hybrid of like sports and culture, and just how everything is monetized. It's actually pretty brilliant. Lost being oh, one man. of the most of all time. Love basketball.
0: So good. Um, let's go with Major League.
2: Ooh. I can't believe he hadn't said it yet. <laughs> that's, that's not even his favorite Major League.
1: It's true.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 42.
1: Okay. Oh, very yeah. nice. Very nice. Hoosiers. We haven't said Hoosiers yet. Oh yeah. All right.
0: I'm gonna do this one, and then I'm gonna start five count right away because we're going. This is going too long. So let's see. Uh, any given Friday.
1: I don't think that's the name of that movie,
0: Kyle. Any given Sunday. There you go. <laughs> you gotta-
2: <laughs> no, they play football on Fridays. It's fine.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, it was a special case.
2: <laughs> uh, All right, Jerry so Maguire. Five
0: count. Good.
1: Very nice. I will go with The Wrestler. Good.
0: Ooh, that's a good movie. Um, Warrior.
2: Uh, keeping it single names, The Fighter. Rocky.
1: <laughs> oh, I can do this all day, Art. Rocky 2.
2: <laughs>
1: Rocky 3. Do we have to go through and name all the Rocky movies? I'll leave them on the board for you guys. Cinderella Man. <laughs> good one. Uh, Rocky 4.
2: You said Rocky 4? Yeah. All right. Uh, Creed.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to fuck up this one. Rocky Balboa. Oh. There, there you go. I'm not
0: going to I'm going to be petty and give myself not a chance of get doing with the fifth one because I hate that movie. Creed
2: 2. Yeah. Uh, uh Oh my goodness. Girl Fight.
1: Okay. Yeah. Fighting with my family? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, good movie. I didn't see it, but I know it was about wrestling.
0: It also has the gold really approval. Yeah, Maybe it could be Garbage, but it stars Florence Pugh, so it's great. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Know. Uh, let's see. Million Dollar Baby.
3: Love it. Uh,
2: replacements. Varsity, Varsity Blues. Blues. Oh, I love
0: Varsity Blues. Uh, let's go with Major League Two. <laughs>
1: uh, match Point. Major League Three, Back to the Minors? <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show for the listeners. I'm looking at all three of us. No one has a list up here. We're just rattling these off right off the dome. I'm impressed, this is everyone. Impressive.
0: Yeah, this is impressive. Uh, let's see. You say that, but now I'm starting to run out of steam. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. Oh, half Nelson.
2: Oh, that's a good one. Uh, the new Bad News Bears.
1: Okay. Mm. <laughs> Win Win, which is a Paul Giamatti movie, where he's like a wrestling coach. Mm-hmm. Very good
0: movie. Yeah. Another good wrestling one. Uh Foxcatcher. That's gonna be cool. my next one. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh uh
2: I don't know if I said that one. Uh would fight club count? Uh, it's fine if it doesn't. I got another we'll one.
1: Sports. <laughs> I, yeah, probably not. Growing <laughs> up a whole other can of worms if that's on the table.
2: Uh raging bull.
1: There we Very go. Very nice.
2: Uh, rollerball—it's
1: like a made-up sport, but it's definitely a. Oh sport. yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely.
3: Um.
0: Uh, happy? No, not happy feet. That's the, one, the feet. other penguin one. The other penguin one. Uh, oh, uh surfs I up. I know what
2: you're thinking.
0: <laughs> surfs up. Love that movie.
2: <laughs> uh, whip it.
1: Would out cold count for skiing, or have we gone too far no, off the nail? Yeah. That,
0: that,
1: okay. I, I think that counts. Okay, we'll do it.
0: I'm going to go with one that I'm going to kick myself for not thinking of earlier, because it's just a classic. Brink.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say Lords of Dogtown, then.
1: Man, nice. we're really crushing things here. Victory? Yep. Uh Glory Road. Ooh, uh,
2: Basketball Diaries.
1: Dodgeball: A True Underdog Story. <laughs> well, this never ends. Who knows? <laughs> um, oh man,
0: let's see. Cool Runnings.
1: Oh, now we're getting Did to you the say obscure. Cool
2: Runnings. Oh yeah, yeah I absolutely. love that. Good pick. <laughs> I, I mean, if we're doing Disney Channel, Johnny Tsunami
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. S- semi-pro oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah there we go okay
0: i'll see your semi-pro and raise you a blades of glory there
2: we go i <laughs> uh, i will see blades glory and raise you a cutting edge
1: there we <laughs> go oh, I, I,
2: thought, I thought you
1: were going to go with a different trend of will ferrell sports movies and say kicking and screaming
2: Ooh. Ooh.
1: all I right like- uh talladega night's the ballad of ricky bobby <laughs> I don't really think of Bill Farrell as an athlete, but apparently he was just fucking out really weird middle tier sports movies for a while.
2: Are we doing racing? Yeah. So Rush.
1: Mm -hmm. I think everything's on the table at this point. Chariots of Fire. Does that count? That's just running.
0: For sure. Um, Also, just watched Rush for the first time the other day. And wow, what a great movie.
2: So good. I haven't Uh,
0: seen it yet.
2: That was where I was like, oh, Hemsworth can act.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know if this counts because they, like, they are the cars, but cars?
2: <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs>
0: I can sure. pivot if that, Oh okay, yeah, I feel like that shouldn't count because they're not, like, they are the cars.
2: <laughs> but it is racing. At least the first one, there's definitely a race. Yeah, the first
0: thing. one is very centered around a race. Absolutely.
2: Like a, uh, okay. yeah, I, I'm going to say Balls of Fury, so. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. We're getting, we're, we're getting real good, um, this is nice. Um, Varsity Blues has that. I uh, did set? say that. That yeah. was said? Oh shit! Okay, Lee has everything down. All right, I've got five seconds. Um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, the fuck. What was it called? The Billy Jean Three, King movie. I what it was called? Two, one. Bella, Bella there
3: sexist.
0: we go. Okay. <laughs> Great
3: save. Great save. Uh, uh let's see. Five, four. Three,
1: two, one. What? Okay. I'm out. Counting <laughs> right. right. down, Kyle. You weren't gonna count yourself out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. so I never I'm would.
2: Ass, but I got a couple <laughs> left at least. Uh, oh con- concussion.
1: Wow, nice. Chowlin' soccer? I. That's the name of the movie, correct? I think it's another title. I know the title. You're close. Uh, okay. Oh, can I can I pivot to a totally different movie? Sure. Yeah. End it like Beckham.
0: There we go. Oh, fantastic movie.
2: One.
1: Yeah. Great movie.
2: Uh Slapshot 2. I'm doing it. Very nice. Um. Coach Carter? Oh. Good Ooh, that's movie. a good one. Oh, uh um, um, what the hell is that one called? Five,
1: four, All right.
2: Oh. I'll go with three, O for now.
1: Oh just, oh, just straight up, oh. oh. Yeah. Did yeah. we yeah, say yeah. Glory Road?
2: One.
1: We did say Glory Road. How about Rebound? I believe that's a Martin Lawrence comedy where he's
2: like a yeah. basketball coach. Yep, that's a good okay. one. Uh, okay. Do you want a man? Classic. <laughs> like Mike? <laughs> oh.
1: We are really scraping the bottom of the barrel now, yeah? <laughs> well, the thing is, there's
0: two that I can think of that I'm so mad I didn't think of. So. Oh, uh, the oh,
2: so one I was thinking. John Tucker must die.
1: <laughs> oh, come on. That is a movie featuring basketball. <laughs> it's still there. He is in a jersey. <laughs> or is it for them systematically dismantling this guy's life?
3: Both.
1: <laughs> I'm not stalling. Race, the Jesse Owens movie. Oh, good Uh-oh. movie. Right? Olympics counts, right? That's- yeah.
2: Oh. Okay. Think, yeah. Okay. I mean, as long as you don't say like Munich, I think you're fine. Like, <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, no. Go ahead, Leah. Uh, racing stripes. Nice. <laughs> Wimbledon.
1: Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I thought um, we for a long time for the movie it's longer than forty years old. <laughs> yeah, can I say?
2: <laughs> can I say King Richard? It hasn't come out yet. Can I say that one or no? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. King yeah. That still counts.
2: Secretariat? Oh, that's a good horse one. horse
1: racing legit? Yeah, for the sure. The horse is not the car. Those are different, <laughs> different things.
2: <laughs> um, oh, back to our Disney channel. Look at the Irish.
1: Okay, oh, there we go. Now we're talking, now we're talking basketball. Sea Biscuit, as long as I'm on the horses.
2: Oh, that's good. Oh, God, I know there's another golf movie. The Legend of Bagger Vance?
1: There yeah, we go. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, this is good. There's a bunch of five, movies. Four, I know I'm missing. Oh, God, is Rocky 5 still on the table, Kyle? Is I know what? that was never said. Is Rocky Five still eligible? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you I'll you Rocky five. I feel <laughs> terrible about it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't care. I'm shameless.
2: Did we
0: say five. million dollar baby?
1: We did, did we do million dollar four. baby.
0: We yes. said we did that
3: one. Shit.
0: Three. Uh, two, uh, one... I can't think of anything! Oh!
2: Shit!
0: Micah is the champ. That might have been our longest list game yet. I'm not sure, but it's up there. And
2: there's so what? many more still out there. Oh,
0: yeah, especially oh, okay. From Friday like, Night
1: Lights. Why did not I not anymore. think of that? Here we Friday go. Friday
2: Night Lights. So I think in particular
1: so we left mad. a lot of football ones on the table. There's probably, wow. honestly, like a hundred more. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's probably for the best that we are Iron
2: up. Gang, two of those. Like, oh my gosh,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, Micah, so you won the list game. Tell us what the order of the draft's going to be.
1: Okay, you know what? This is a weird draft. I don't. I can't really anticipate someone stealing my stuff. What do I know? Usually, when someone wins, they take either the first or the last, so they get two in a row. I'm going to mm-hmm. give myself the middle. Leah, I'm going to let you start with the first one. You can start oh, us off. Yeah. I'll take pick number two. And Kyle, you can uh, finish it off and have
2: the turn. Get that hot corner. All right.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, let's let's dive right in. Leah, hit us with that first pick.
2: Okay. Uh, the first one is like one of the most egregious that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Is, Are we saying what year the movie came out? Or are we saying what year the Oscar was?
0: Uh, either or. Just okay. as long as we know what you're talking about. <laughs> so it
2: was the 2005 Oscars and fucking Crash wins yeah what is that um (laughs) I mean there were a bunch of things that could have won you know Capote Munich good night good luck blah 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 but fucking Brokeback Mountain should have fucking won so yeah so Crash that is my heinous heinous
0: it's almost like it's one of those things where I saw the movie, you know, years after and it already had this reputation as like this big, like, why did this movie win Best Picture? Mm -hmm. So I had like a tainted perspective on it. But without that, it's like a decent movie. It's not great. I mean, it's fine. It's kind of a one watch only kind of movie. But then you look at, like you said, all the stuff that it was up against. Good Night, Good Luck is great. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, Brokeback Mountain is definitely deserving of the Oscar. But even like Capote is great. Munich, one of Spielberg's more underrated movies, like just baffling. There's one I'll get to that feels similar to it in more recent years, but it—it it was the first time I remember doing my Oscars homework and looking at all these past years, and I was like, "What were they thinking?" I mean, it's just that's now like the definition of Oscar bait. Like a movie comes out like that, and like, oh, it's, it's not gonna
2: even good back. Oscar bait though. Like that's <laughs> the thing. Like that right there was the same thing. Like when they um om- nominated that f- terrible Nicolas Cage 9/11 movie. Like that oh, was oh yeah. Garbage, but at least it didn't win anything. But like, this was it was garbage and it won. Like, I remember seeing it in theaters and it wasn't good then, and then they gave it awards, and I don't understand. <laughs>
0: so. It's also one of those things where it's like a huge ensemble cast, and sometimes mm-hmm. that works, but with this, they just all get lost. Like, no one sticks out really, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no kind of standout performance, and I don't think it won anything else. It was just best picture. Like, it might have been. Nominated like
2: best screenplay to like a <sighs> screenplay yeah exactly Yikes. yeah yes yes micah was-
1: have you have you seen crash so um i actually have not seen crash mostly because its reputation is so <laughs> crappy over the years <laughs> that it, it's like i can never bring myself it was on, i don't know if it's still on netflix it was on netflix for a while and the picture was like matt dylan cradling a woman Ooh, yes. and and uh, every time I'd see it, I'd be like, should I watch Crash? I'm like, I love Oscars trivia. I like watching Best Picture winners, nominees, etc." But I can never bring myself to press play because I was like, am I going to enjoy this? Yeah. I, I will say, um, in addition to loving Oscar stuff, I'm also a big, big Roger Ebert guy. I don't know if you guys are big fans of reading Roger Ebert reviews. That was like in high school and college. I would just read like all of his reviews. And if I'm I, I thought I was right and I just looked it up while you guys were talking and I was right. He named it his favorite movie of two thousand and five. So maybe he and the Oscars oh, Kylo's no. grimacing, maybe he and the Oscars were in cahoots with each other. Leah, can I ask what movie what movie if from the other nominees, I don't know how many of them you've seen of that year, do you think should have won Best Picture? I think it was Brokeback Mountain, Munich, Capote, good Night and Good Luck. What would yeah. you go with?
2: I would go with Brokeback um but i think good night and good luck could also very easily have won as, or should have won as well so yeah
3: yeah
0: i think good night and good luck is one of those that like looking at it it looks kind of like what crashes like oscar bait it's very uh it looks very boring but it's kind of riveting like i did yeah. not expect that going in and um god what is his name uh david strathairn is Really, really good in that movie. He's oh, he's fantastic. I thought *Kiss Kiss Bang Bang* should have gotten a nomination, but it's just too weird a movie to get nominated for anything. But I love that movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, rem- I think *Brokeback* was definitely like the heavy favorite to win, and yeah, it, it was one of those yeah. surprise ones. And now *Crash* has the infamy of you know whenever you hear worst Oscars choices of all time. There, there's another thing that frequently comes up alongside that. That I'm uh-huh. not going to mention now because someone else might take it. But <laughs> I will defend very strongly the movie that actually did win that year. But we'll see if that pops up later oh. on. We'll I say if- I was, okay.
2: I, figured, I thought I knew where you were going with that, but if you're going to, you,
1: I'll leave you in suspense, Leah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay
0: um all right well that's a great first pick i feel like when we talk about oscar snubs or at least oscar controversies that is truly like that's the first thing that people think of so that's like it
2: is wow
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's a great way to kick things off uh let's move to micah what do you got for your first pick
1: yeah leah that was definitely the right top pick that was like the that was the you know like the LeBron sitting there of Oscars, <laughs> of Oscars throughout. I'm going to go in a bit of a different direction. While yours was kind of obvious and people yep. are going to be like, yes, that, that makes sense. I'm going to say one that I doubt is necessarily something that people are clamoring for. Th- this needs to be rectified. Um, but it's some movies I've mentioned before. I think the first time I was on, we talked about it for a while. Um, some of my favorite movies, and I actually just rewatched them over the summer, maybe like a month ago, which is uh, with the Before Sunrise series, so Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight. Um, and what I think is an egregious error is that Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, neither of them were nominated for acting performances yeah. for any of those movies. Yeah. And the movies, Leah, have you, are you familiar with the movies? Have you yes. watched these So these are some of my favorite movies, um, and it's just basically the two of them talking for an hour and a half to two hours, and it's so riveting, mm-hmm. and the dialogue... I mean, the writing is kind of. I'm going to lump in. This is the cheating. Already, I've done two actors with three movies, but kind of. (laughs) I feel like the whole, the whole, the franchise as a whole, I believe, has been snubbed. I believe. I don't have this in front of me, but I believe that um, before sunset and before midnight got screenplay nominations, Mm -hmm. and for some reason, the Oscars does best adapted screenplay for sequels, even though it's not adapted from anything. Adapted from. I always hate that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, makes no sense. So. The screenplay nomination is very deserved. And honestly, any or all of them could have won because it's very hard to do it. But the way that they're able to talk so naturalistically, and there's, no, there's not a single false note between them in the whole movie, and it's just the camera pointing at their faces. And I actually think they both even get better as it goes on. As yeah, I, was of, I watched them three nights in a row this past month and I felt like by the end, I think Before Midnight is actually my favorite one now, but it really is all just of a piece, and I, I love them all so much, and I feel like, yes, they're very well-acclaimed movies, but just in particular, the acting performances they both do, I I, I think she is better, quote-unquote, than him in the first movie, and then I think he's, I, that's not a, a slight Ethan Hawke, who I love and think is amazing, but I think in the next two, they're, they're on the, the same level and both just blow me away and that fight scene in the hotel at the end of before midnight mm-hmm. is honestly one of the most brutal things to watch because of just the the build up of we've known them for now these two and a half movies and it's like it's like a war <laughs> it's it is honestly <laughs> and that is my pick the, the the twin snubbing of ethan Hawke and julie delpy for no acting nominations for the before sunrise series
2: yeah, and you're absolutely right. They do get better, which makes sense because you know there's years in between them doing it, and they're perfecting their craft and whatnot. And they just, yeah, they just get better and better. So,
0: it's also interesting. Like, so I'm not the not the biggest uh, Linklater fan. I think when he is on, he's like really, really on. And I love mm-hmm. his style, but sometimes it feels very like meandering. Um, and I think this trilogy feels like his most focused narrative-wise. And uh, I, I thought it was interesting i didn't know this until looking it up but uh sunrise or some sorry sunset and midnight are um were co-written by him and ethan hawk and julie delpy oh, nice. so that makes perfect sense like they it, feel, it feels like a very collaborative process between all three of them so the fact that yeah you're right like they, they neither of them are recognized for any of those three movies i agree i think it, it, if it was going to be for any of them it would be for probably that
3: mm-hmm.
0: um and it's, Actually, what, Midnight came out in, like, 2012, I think? 20, 20,
1: so they've all come out nine years apart. It was 95, then 04, okay. then 2013. So in theory, if they were to make a fourth one, which I did obviously look up after watching it again, hoping that there was something in the works. There's nothing in the works currently. In theory, it would be due out 2022 if they were sticking to that time frame. I would bet that they do it at some point.
0: I don't okay. even
1: know what you It's never in a rush. <laughs> <laughs>
0: before before brunch
1: brunch. (laughs) um
0: (laughs) i yeah i think midnight would have been their best chance because i'm thinking of 2013 and it's like not a ton of strong competition there's one that i best actor that i might mention later who i think should have been nominated but um otherwise not a whole lot of strong competition for ethan hawk in particular so the, the fact that he wasn't recognized and also this is the kind of thing a lot of people blow up the idea of them making Boyhood together, him and Linklater, and I think that was a cool achievement that they, you know, they spent 12 years making that movie. But this is also the same thing. They spent so long together just making these three movies, and they really, I mean, these characters felt so lived in and and real and authentic. So yeah, like the Midnight would have been the one to cap off. It kind of feels like a Return of the King thing, right? Like <laughs> goes and just wins 11 Oscars to really cap off the entire trilogy. Like I feel like Given that would have been the deal. time yes exactly so yeah that's baffling I'm so glad you brought it up though because that was not even on my radar so that's yeah. that's a great pick
1: I do like the comparison of that trilogy to Lord of the Rings because there could maybe not be two more different trilogies <laughs> 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 one that could have been made for about five dollars and one that cost five billion dollars the only thing they have in common is they're they're two of the only trilogies I can think of where the quality is basically consistent throughout and it's it, they're all of a piece, and it's like there's no standout um, among the three of them in either of those. And sure. you could easily pick any as your favorite, but they really all function as, as one cohesive whole.
0: Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's an interesting question. You said your favorite was Midnight. What about Lord of the Rings? What's your favorite in
1: the Lord of the Rings trilogy? <sighs> that's really hard. I think if I had to pick, which I don't have to do, but you're making me. I, I, I think <laughs> I would go with Fellowship. I love, I just love the joining of them all together. And I think my favorite scene in all the Lord of the Rings is Boromir's death. <laughs> That's so horrible. <laughs> I just love it when Sean Bean puts nine arrows to the chest. Nobody <laughs>
2: no. dies like Sean Bean, it's fine. No it's one dies like Sean
1: Bean. So good. But um, I think it's, I mean, obviously the the huge battles in Two Towers and Return of the King are incredible, but just the the resonance of that scene and his death, I love so much. The only reason I would think maybe not Fellowship is there's no golem, So, you know, you're missing out on, on the golem action there. And, but really any of them. But if I had to choose, I think I'd go Fellowship.
0: Yeah. You're right, though. That is, Leah, do you have a specific one in mind? Um,
2: I actually, I would agree with Fellowship for like all the reasons listed. I love a a it's basically you know the gathering of all the people and those are you know the oceans 11s and stuff those are my yeah, yes. so <laughs> i want to gather the crew i want to do a fast eight it's perfect so right.
0: yeah and also, like one of the best prologues in any movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way they kick things off with Galadriel and just, ah, so good. We've talked about that enough on this podcast, but yes, you have. Uh, that's great. <laughs> that's a great pick. Love the Before Trilogy. Justice for Ethan Hawk and for Julie Delby. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to go to a quick break before we come back with my first pick. Are you tired of Planet Fantasy and their miniseries? Were you excited when you heard Children of the Tube and Acolytes of Film were finally coming to an end? Just exhausted overall with the whole decade-themed drafts? Well, you're shit out of luck. Let me introduce you to our very next series, Stewards of Sound. Planet Fantasy is going to be covering each decade, starting with the 1950s all the way to the 2010s, talking about songs that define the decade. That's right, we're diving into music an avenue we don't always cover. We're going to have guests on each week, again, starting with the 1950s, talking about songs that defined the decade. It's going to be a blast. We hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned for our first episode of Stewards of Sound, the 1950s. All right. Welcome back from break. We are talking about Oscar snubs, the biggest injustice is done from the Academy. We just got Leah's first pick with, Crash winning best picture. Oh, it just hurts to say that. And we got Micah's first pick with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy not receiving a single nomination for any of the before movies. Um, All right, so I'm going to jump into my first pick. Uh, So a lot of these are going to be tilted to more recent years. Um, I kind of talked about this last week on our 2010s movies episode where This decade was really this is due to my age, but also just due to my awareness of film was the decade that like I really started paying attention to this stuff, especially awards related things. Um, So there are some like there are plenty snubs in in past years that I'm sure are egregious. I just didn't pay a lot of attention to. But this is one that I'm very aware of because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I'm going to take us all the way back to the year 1947 the movies of 1946 yes I see you Micah <laughs> uh, this is the 19th Academy Awards uh, everyone is coming off of a Christmas season with their new favorite Christmas movie in mind and that would not change for the rest of time we're talking about it's a wonderful life seems like a shoe-in to win best picture right mm-hmm. no it loses to a movie called the best years of our lives uh, have either of you seen that movie
1: Nope. I have not.
0: Okay, so I watched it simply... This the only bit of research I did for this episode. (laughs) Watched it so that I could make a strong case. And it's not a bad movie. It's kind of the same example as, like, Crash. There's not a controversy about it. You know, if it wasn't up against one of the greatest movies of all time, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. But it is indeed up against It's a Wonderful Life, which, again... I just kind of assumed this movie won Best Picture before looking and it didn't win Best Picture. It didn't win Best Director. Um, Jimmy Stewart didn't grab the Best Actor Oscar just feels baffling to me, but I'm going to focus on Best Picture because I feel like that's the summation of all of that, right? Um, it's a Wonderful Life is an absolute classic. It is the one out of that crop of movies that was nominated that everyone remembers. I mean, there was a there was a Henry V that was made that, uh, you know, is held in pretty high regard, but we all know It's Wonderful Life is the one that kind of sticks out. And it's one that I watch every year for Christmas. I'll watch it any time of the year because it, it just kind of puts me in a good mood and it's just such a life-affirming movie. And I don't know, it just feel it also feels like one that sometimes the Academy will not go for things that are a little more experimental, not as conventional, but It's a Wonderful Life is a very conventional plot. It's a very, you know, it's a Christmas carol, right? It's a very uh, classic story and it just feels like a kind of a home run that they would just go for something like that so the I, the idea that they go for a movie you know the best years of our lives is like this story about these people who come back from the war and it's about how their lives have been kind of changed again it's a, it's a good story decent performances but not nearly as memorable as it's a wonderful life so I, I had to go with that just one that i was shocked i was looking at this movie and i was like there's no way like why is there not a best picture Oscar next to this movie. So it, it's just it was shocking for me and I just think it's a classic it it earned it and deserved that that best picture Oscar. Uh, how do you guys feel about It's a Wonderful Life? Uh,
2: it's a Wonderful Life is I don't know, I like like the uh, if I'm going to pick one of the Christmas Carol movies to watch, I'm sorry. It's not going to be It's a Wonderful Life. It's going to be Scrooged or Muppet's Christmas Carol. That's where I'm at. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's totally fair. That's yeah, um, yes, absolutely. The huge thing, the snow was like a miracle of like technology back then and whatnot. And, you know, a baby angel and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. It's a Wonderful Life is just not for me. Never has been. <laughs> so. Totally fair. Yeah. And I do kind of understand why based on what you were saying about the, uh, the best years of our life movie. I mean, it's 1946, 47 people have just gotten back from the war. Like I'm assuming that that's kind of why the chord was struck there with that movie at that time. So,
1: right. Right. For sure. Um, I really enjoy It's wonderful life, but I honestly, haven't seen it probably in more than 10 years. It's not uh, as a Jewish person, you know, I don't feel obligated to re-watch certain Christmas staples every every holiday season. Weird. Uh, but you know, it is a great movie that I enjoy a lot, but I didn't feel like I had a ton to contribute to the It's a Wonderful Life versus Best Years of Our Lives discourse while you were talking, Kyle. So I started looking up some facts about them each, uh, which is it's a wonderful life. Uh was nominated for five Oscars, one zero, and Best Years of Our Lives. Cleaned up one nine that year, including one, including it won the Oscar in each of the five categories that It's a Wonderful Life was nominated for. Yeah. For picture, actor, director, film editing. And wow. they, they back then just had a category called Best Sound, which then expanded to mixing and editing and now sound mixing and sound editing. And now I think they're Reuniting that back into one sound category again.
0: Thank so, God, by the way. Just because, like, I don't know about you guys. I have no clue what the difference is between sound editing and sound mixing. I'm just. That's I used not, to know the I, answer I to this,
2: and now I can't remember. <laughs>
1: every year I do Oscar picks, and I do really well on them because I follow the Oscars race really closely. And that one's such a crapshoot. I just pick. I always pick two different ones, and I'm just like mm, Dunkirk feels so soundy.
2: Always go with the war movies for sound design yeah. and
1: sound editing. 100%. Always. I do also like the trajectory we've gone on with these three picks where it was like Leah with the number one pick. A slam dunk, kind of the most obvious choice out here. Me, well-known movies, but obviously a little bit more obscure from just like an Oscar trivia thing. Kyle's first pick, let's take you back to 1947. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> What in my I'm, day? <laughs> I'm excited to hear what the next pick. If we just get like increasingly more obscure, like it's 1951 and they had best that's film edit. the best makeup and hairstyling Oscar went off the rails, <laughs> and we just keep going down a oh, rabbit hole. Uh, all
0: right, for, just for that, Micah, I have other <laughs> acting categories, but I'm going to go with my other one that's a little obscure. So this is yeah, like I said, everything else is in acting and in best picture. This is one. I am someone. I know that I'm probably alone in this or there's not many, but I I feel very passionate about musical scores in movies. I think that they can sometimes make or break a movie, honestly. I think that our favorite movies are very linked to mm-hmm. the musical scores. A lot of our binge mode topics, right? Like Star Wars and Marvel and all this stuff. Amazing musical scores that can really um elevate a scene. So, I'm going to take us back just a few years to 2019. The uh, the ninety first Academy Awards talking about the movies of twenty eighteen. Uh, there was a movie that came out. I talk about this movie at length. It's called If Feel Street Could Talk. Uh, Nicholas Britell scored the movie, and it is truly one of the greatest things I've ever heard. I mean, the musical score is just beautiful. It is so the movie is uh, kind of a drama slash romance, but the the score is very um, jazz heavy kind of, but also very orchestral and just there's a track called agape that is just utter perfection um and it lost uh best original score um the movie only won one oscar and it was for best supporting actress for regina king which is very very well deserved because she's fantastic um but it lost to uh ludwig gorensen for black panther this is my not hot take because I love the music for Black Panther. I'm not about to have a whole you know army of Marvel fans come for me. <laughs> love the music. I just watched the the new episode of What If today, and and you hear bits and pieces of it in the background of some scenes, and it really was just very moving because it was great to hear Chadwick's voice again. Um, but I think for the most part the MCU scores are a tad forgettable. Um, I think that the Black Panther one is one that is has a more defining main theme and it like is one that you can kind of pick out from the rest but as far as a musical score that again defines the movie as a whole as a very clear motif just it felt like it was another one that felt like a shoe-in at least for me it felt like a natural choice to go with the nicholas patel one i would have even accepted maybe them going with justin Hurwitz for first man um because damien chazelle knows how to pick people to score his movies Mm -hmm. and the movie is a great score but i yeah i just think that the score for a feel streak of Talk* is moving. It's emotional um, in some of the more intense scenes. You feel it in the music. A lot of the movie is not very dialogue heavy. It's just very like um, atmospheric. And, and the music really makes or breaks that in some of those scenes. So it just felt like a, a true opportunity to honor, I think, a category that sometimes gets overlooked uh, as an important ingredient to a movie. And yeah, I felt like they kind of fell short. I don't have anything against the, the score for Black Panther. I think Ludwig is great. He, you know, His score for Creed is great. His score for Mandalorian is really fun. But um, Nicholas Patel, in general, is just one of my favorite composers right now. And I don't think he has yet to win an Oscar. This was the year that I was like almost positive. Um, and it didn't happen. So I'm holding out for his next project to, to grab the award. But I feel like this should have been the year. But am I alone on this hill? Am I the only person who cares about musical scores here?
2: <laughs> no, no, musical you're absolutely correct. Like they definitely scores and soundtracks. Like I mm. mean, I'm generally more drawn toward a soundtrack. That's why, like I don't honestly think of Black Panther score. I think of its soundtrack, which I do think mm. that they were robbed and they didn't win that, which was bullshit uh, for best song. Um, that year, but you're 100% right. Beale Street Could Talk was like, it was gorgeous. Um, I did really love the Isle of Dogs uh, score as well, um, oh, yeah. which was just quirky and weird, which, I mean, obviously it's quirky and weird. Uh, it's Lega. Um But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Black Panther just doesn't, it was surprising that that was the winner, that it was even nominated, honestly, for, for best score. But
1: My I- I do not recall the Beale Street score off the top of my head. I have seen the movie and I loved the movie. I thought it was great, Um, but you've inspired me, Kyle. I am gonna go back and and re-listen, cue up that score and listen to it sometime this week. Yes. Um, I was looking while you you were talking about some of the other movies that came out that year. Um, I was curious what animated movies came out that year because animated movies usually have really good scores like Pixar movies and stuff. Incredibles 2 came out that year. I don't know the Incredibles 2 score well, like, off the top of my head, the original Incredible score is amazing.
0: Well, that's think. the thing, is, like, it felt like a very big rehash of the original Michael Probably, Green
1: Probably, yeah. You know? um, so. so, I'm sure it was great. Um, it was probably the same guy who, who wrote it. Um, but that wasn't one of the ones nominated that year. Um, but as you guys were saying, I don't know why they don't just add best soundtrack as a category. That would be a great yeah. category. And there would have been a slam dunk winner that year. And it wouldn't have been Black Panther because... One of your favorite movies of the pod came out that year, which is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is one of the best soundtracks. I mean, actually, Black Panther and Spider-Verse have two of the best soundtracks, like, of any movie. So, that would have been an Oscars race. That would have been great.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is why they need to start updating the categories. Like, I like that they're kind of taking a step in that direction with the sound thing. But, like, yeah, give us a soundtrack uh, category. Give us... I, I'm going to sound like a real film bro here, but like give us a, a stunt man category because those oh, guy's absolutely. put in work. I mean, that's yeah. good. You know, like Tom Cruise can only break his leg so many times before they start giving him a stunt.
2: They need to talk it to, uh, it needs to be a combination. It needs to be like the Academy Awards and the MTV movie awards. And I'd like some combination. So yes, exactly. Some crossover. So- <laughs>
1: and now looking at the other movies of that year, A Star is Born also came out that year, also a great soundtrack. So the that would have been one of the best races of all time. The, I want oh, to see the yeah. best soundtrack oh, yeah. race between Black Panther, Spider-Verse, and A Star is Born. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah.
0: that Yeah, that was a great year for music. The movies were a little lackluster, which I might go for another 2018 one, but I... The soundtracks were were definitely on point. Sure.
1: Kyle, I approve of the pick, and you did continue the trajectory by picking <laughs> certainly a better known movie, but you're going diving into the more obscure category choices. I dig it. I like it. I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, I'm just hoping for one one of those people at home, like, oh my gosh, she's talking about musical score. This is my moment. But you know, that's probably going to be me re-listening. Money, come here.
1: <laughs> I'm working on the Beale Street score. <laughs> On the record, player. I
0: see you. To quote Mind. I love you too, random citizen. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's throw it back to, to Micah. What you got for us, man?
1: Uh, the last thing I was going to say uh, is that's a perfect opportunity to to shout out James Baldwin, the writer of If Beale Street yes. Could Talk, and one of the best writers of the 20th century. Um, I've not read that book, but I've read two other books by him. I read Go Tell It on the Mountain and The Fire Next Time, uh, and both are Phenomenal. I don't know if you guys have read any of James Baldwin's works, but incredible writer. One of the best, for sure. All right, it's so back, back to me for pick yes, number sir. two? Okay, pick number two. I'm going to do another hybrid guy here. You know, why not? Why not cheat? I'm going to go with an actress who actually has won an Oscar before. She's won Best Actress. Look at the buildup I'm doing here. Uh, for a, a very good performance, but there are there are two other performances that she was not nominated for in either one. And I think that they're both two amazing performances. And it's not a surprise to me that she wasn't nominated in either of them because it's in a genre of movies that the Oscars criminally overlooks, which is comedies. And we've, we've talked about it before. Um, and I'm talking about Reese Witherspoon. Everyone loves old Reese. And two movies that I feel 100% are incredible performances that should be recognized and nominated for are election and Legally Blonde. Now, one of them, Legally Blonde, I would say, not a surprise at all. It's kind of a you know, it's a it's 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 not in any way an Oscars movie, so to speak. But that just belies really how good of a performance it is and how tricky of a thing that is to pull off. Um, and and obviously, it's you know, Legally Blonde is an iconic movie that people love twenty years later, and. It's just really difficult. The the degree of difficulty of, of crafting that performance, I really can't think of another actress who could have done it and done both like how smart she is, but how how dumb she seems at the beginning, but there's really intelligence behind it and how hilarious everything she says is. That's amazing. Election, uh, on the other hand, is a is kind of in the oscars wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And Alexander Payne movies have been recognized a bunch uh, by the Oscars. And I love Alexander Payne's movies. And that's probably my favorite one of his, either that or Sideways, which is a movie I, I really love. And uh, Tracy Flick is one of the best film characters of all time. And it's, it's it, it, is, it is a hilarious character and kind of a scary character and just this really unique character she crafted. She ended up winning an Oscar for Walk the Line, where she plays June Carter Cash, um, which is a good movie, and she's good in it, but it's not nearly as memorable and influential as a performance as either of those two. So in my mind, comedies are criminally overlooked by the Academy, and Reese Witherspoon deserved the nomination for Legally Blonde and Election. That is pick number two for
0: me. Mm -hmm. I love it. Leah, how do you feel about Reese Witherspoon, those two movies?
2: Um, Legally Blonde doesn't surprise me that it didn't get picked. Um, Election, though, is part of, I mean, just the huge snub category of the movies that came out in 1999 it's insane what actually was nominated versus what came out and was actually reflective of what was happening in the freaking movie world at that point i mean election the matrix fight club uh, you know office space and blair witch and virgin suicides and being john malkovich and like almost none of that was there like here and there but like it was it, an election is just a part of that rushmore like all of it it was it it was insane that everything got snubbed that year for for those and what what was it cider house rules
1: big cider house rules year what, yeah. the, that hell is is that?
2: <laughs> what the hell is that you all right in it what was yes.
1: that yeah Paul yeah. right Yeah, big big Cider House rules year, though, for sure.
2: (laughs) That's not representative of what's happening in the movie industry right then, though. Like, what the hell? It's milk toast. Like, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, Election should have been up there. Uh, Pick Flick, it's so good. She's, yeah, that was definitely one of her, her her best roles, so.
3: Yeah,
0: I... So, I've seen Legally Blonde, I'm a fan, but I kind of like Leah. I i get it, like, it's just the academy just kind of ignores comedies in general. Um, I thought I'd seen Election, and the more y'all were talking about it, I don't
1: think I've ever actually seen Election. <laughs>
3: <So good. laughs>
1: Kyle, it's so good. Do you know the Bring premise? Premise vaguely, Matthew yeah. Roderick, without like getting too much into it. Basically, Matthew Broderick's a high school teacher. And Reese Witherspoon is this very Type A student who wants to be the head of everything in the world. but she wants to be Stuco president, and they—he really much does not want her to be Stuco president. And it's basically like a satire of both high schools and politics. And okay, it is okay. honestly—it's
2: so good. It, it,
1: it is unbelievable. I
2: usually oh. I do a double feature a lot of times where it's Election and Rushmore, and I watch them like back to back because it just—they just they just set, they just seem like they go together. So oh, absolutely. Um, when you were saying Reese Witherspoon, I didn't think you were going to go Legally Blonde. I did think Election, but I didn't think Legally Blonde. I thought you were going to go Pleasantville. So oh, I was yeah. surprised about, about the Legally Blonde. I love The Legally
0: much Legally better Blonde. Tobey Maguire movie.
2: <laughs> January, Toby
1: movie. I thought you were going to say you thought I was going to go just like heaven. Um, no. but Well, the thing about Legally Blonde is, right, it's so easy to dismiss it because, you know, it's just the genre and it's like the lighthearted yeah. comedy. But But – that's kind of my point, is it's even within that, it's really hard to do well. Right. Yeah. It's I, I would oh. say that that's a harder role to do and to nail it so perfectly and to have it stand the test of time so well, um, and be so like era defining is it's not like it's harder to do a dramatic role. It you know, it's just been looked at more seriously by uh the Oscars. That's oh, my
2: see, with June Carter Cash, right. she had someone to look at. She had videos to watch, you know, she had she had yeah. history. She could talk to people that knew her and like get her mannerisms down. Like I don't want to say that, I don't want to say what you said, like that's easy or anything. It's not to portray a real person, but right. you have more to go on there than someone you're just embodying that's like completely fictitious. So sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. I, I think that like you guys are saying, just the genre as a whole. You do have to still work to keep your audience engaged for a comedy like it's not it's one thing to just keep the last going. But it's another thing. A lot of actors say this. I think Paul Rudd has said this before. Like he says a lot of comedies are the ones that get him emotional more than dramas because there's a lot of sadness that is in there that is buried down beneath all those jokes that a lot of these actors really work to access. So, yeah, I I Legally Blonde is one that I haven't seen in a long time, but. The fact that we thought of so many different movies when you said Reese is kind of a testament as well. Has she ever won an Oscar? Yes. For Walk
1: the Line, for, for June
2: Carter. Oh, oh right,
0: right. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, for Walk the Line. Because I was thinking of like maybe Wild or – um, gosh, what was the movie? She did like Wild and another movie back-to-back with like, two years in a row that I think were just completely overlooked for – an Oscar. Especially Wilde though. I thought she was great in that
2: movie. She was good in Wild. Um, And
1: and those are her two Oscar nominations. She won for Walking the Line and was nominated for Wilde. And those those are the two Oscar nominations she's gotten. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she's just one of those actresses like she's just been working for so long that like you almost assume she has more, right? Like she just has kind of that household name at this point. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's very surprising mm-hmm. that she doesn't have more. But that's a great pick. I I can't wait to watch election. It's on Prime, so that'll be happening very
1: soon. <laughs> don't don't feel too bad for Reach Witherspoon. Oh. I think she just sold her production company for like $800 dollars. <laughs> <Well, laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> She's doing just fine.
0: <laughs> oh man, I love it. All right, we are back to the top to Leah for her next two picks. What you got for us?
2: Okay, so I am going to go. Um, I'm going to go back in time a little bit, not as far back as the 40s though. Um, I'm not going to World War II time. I guess I'll go to more Vietnam time. Um, so I am going 1979 Oscars um, best song the winner uh was from norma ray which is a great movie um it is called it goes like it goes you guys know that right we can sing along to it we've all heard that song a million times on the radio it won over the muppets rainbow connection and i don't
3: know (laughs) my goodness it is is perfect
2: like the number one, like recognizable children's song. I feel like that isn't like "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." I mean, everyone has covered it. It has been everywhere. It has been in more movies since then, uh, not just Muppet movies, but other movies as well. And it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's not okay. It's yeah. it
0: should have won. It's just what it is. Should have won. So wow, that's a great call. I didn't even wow. Micah, how do you feel about the Rainbow Connection? And well, I'm walking on thin ice. Just be careful what you say, because
1: I love this song. <laughs> you think I'm gonna like be anti-Muppets? What's going yeah, on?
2: Who's anti-Muppets? Yeah. What is this?
1: Um, Mia, I gotta say, when you were talking, I was up until you said the last thing. I was like, I, I have absolutely no idea where this is headed. <laughs> I hear she's gonna say something, and I'm gonna just have. Literally nothing to contribute at this part of the podcast. Um, (laughs) And then I brought
2: up Muppets and everyone. And then then Rainbow Connection is a good song.
1: Great song. Now I'm curious to see how the Muppets actually fared at the Oscars that year. Um, And it turns out it got nominated. It didn't win Best Score either.
3: Nope.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Lost Best Song, Best Score. And those were the two nominations it got. I can't believe they didn't nominate Kermit.
2: So lame.
1: he was crushing it <laughs> <laughs> so that's my Working thoughts. hard that's my thoughts <laughs> yeah, and yeah i mean an oscar over miss piggy
2: I, <laughs> that uh oh, she would murder him forever
1: yeah
0: for sure i so i you mentioned it goes how it goes and like i know the name but i i can't immediately recall the song like i can rainbow connection i mean there's this is even extending past Oscars, just things that are part of like the cultural zeitgeist, oh, right? Like,
2: yeah. I, every kid knows Rainbow oh. Connection in some form or the other. Like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And you're it, hear it's, it. it's had a different life cycle each decade. Like, oh, absolutely. Just every generation the has their own thing.
2: favorite version of it. 100%. For yeah. sure. Do you For have sure. a
1: favorite yeah, version so that's... of
2: the Rainbow Connection, Leah?
1: Ooh, yeah. um,
2: Great i really like uh i like the original absolutely and then i liked when they redid it again for the Muppets with jason Siegel and everything i thought that they did a really good job doing it just bringing kind of back to the back to the world so back yeah. to the Forefront
0: i Wild thought movie. that movie was underrated too the the first oh, mu uh, the first the jason Siegel Muppets i thought it yeah. was a really fun movie i was surprised no, it's I, so funny i, I I'm not a fan of the second one. I just think there's a lot going on in the second one. I love Tina Fey, but yeah. I, the first one has Man or Muppet, which is also a strong contender for. I think oh that my God, I
2: cried when I saw that song. part. <laughs> it was
3: so good. <laughs> was so good.
0: <laughs> I was sitting there in the theater, like, man, I'm young, but I'm not that young. And I feel like I'm into this song, but I am.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a man.
2: I'm a man. Yeah, and then having it's what's so his name, good. Jim, whatever his name is, Big Bang Theory, dude, like, be like, yeah. oh my god, it was perfect. It was perfect. Best
0: thing, best thing he's ever done, because we don't stand the Big Bang Theory on this
1: podcast. Jim Parsons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You mean yeah. the best thing he's ever done wasn't stealing five consecutive Emmys from Steve Carell on The Office? <laughs> oh. Why did they keep, you know Steve Carell never won an Emmy for The Office? Wow, that you, is you know, another... you know that Amy Poehler also never won an Emmy for Parks and Rec?
2: We're going to have to do Emmy snubs next.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, there's plenty <laughs> to be chosen. The, the Amy Poehler one is, well, obviously a crime, but at least... So she kept losing to Julian Louis-Dreyfus, who kept winning for Veep. And to be fair, Julian Louis-Dreyfus is probably the funniest woman who's ever lived. And her performance in Veep is maybe the funniest performance of all time. In, in everything
2: my, she golden. touches, everything she's
1: in is
3: gold. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like just we get. She has, like, has like literally like eleven Emmys. Just give Amy Poehler an Emmy. This, is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is amazing. Anyway, Emmy crimes. Emmy crimes.
3: Yeah,
1: that'll be <laughs> the episode title next time we do the Emmys. It'll be Emmy crimes. <laughs> by, by the way, those are my only two factoids I know about the Emmys. I don't follow the Emmys at all, except i know that Steve Carell and Amy Poehler got robbed. So. That was yes. my contribution to the episode. <laughs>
0: That's ridiculous. I love it. That. That's ludicrous. So uh, I love it. Well, before we get to Leah's or sec- er, third pick and kick off the second round, we're going to go to another quick break. All right, welcome back from break. We are officially in the second round of the draft talking about Oscars snubs with Leah's third pick. What you got for us?
2: So my third one, this movie crushed me. Um I cried every day for a fucking month every time I thought about this goddamn movie. <laughs> it was <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. It was horrible though. <laughs> and I don't know if I could ever watch it again, but it was so good. Um but the snub comes uh from the supporting actor. He was not nominated. Um, he is a child, which they really don't seem to like to nominate children. They'll praise them like motherfuckers, but they will not nominate them. Um, and this boy carried the movie. It's, uh, it's Room. It's Jacob Tremblay for Room. Like, yes! She, yes! She would not have won her Oscar if he had not been in that movie. Like, yes. it, it's like 100%. you can't have one without the other. I don't even know how he wasn't even nominated. It, like it boggled my brain that she was she was good in it but he was like revelatory like and i don't know like it, like i said he made me cry so hard i it was all of the emotions for a month yeah. <laughs> so that's my that's my third
1: like <laughs> have you seen room so not only have i seen room um this is the first one. I actually don't – when we did the 90s movies, Kyle, you might recall I had a long list of like 40 to choose from. I didn't make that long of a list for this. I, I made a list of like eight or, like eight to ten things that I was thinking about choosing from because I figured the, the, the category we're doing is so vast. Pretty much anything pertaining to movies is on the table.
3: Yeah. We yeah.
1: Yeah. didn't put a lot of things down. On my short list is Jacob Tremblay in Room. I swear to God, it's right yes. here on the phone. Okay? Yes, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I actually had, I was going to do a cheat because I'm cheating on all of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I had another child performance mm-hmm. that I'm sure is not going to be draft. Should I just shout it out here as part of it or should I wait for the that end? That was my should only
2: I- kid performance. So yeah, Go for it. Go <laughs> so for it. I had,
1: I had as my cheating thing, two amazing kid performances. One is Jacob Tremblay in Room, who I completely agree with everything you said, Leah. Brie Larson is amazing in that movie. She's incredible. Um, a very well-deserved Oscar. Actually, one of my favorite Best Actress competitions that year because she yeah. was amazing. And one of my other yes. favorite performances from the last like 15 years was that same year which was Saoirse Ronan in Brooklyn. Have you seen Brooklyn?
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh. That movie
1: yeah. is,
2: great. Movie. oh my God,
1: she's unbelievable in it. I mean, she's great in everything. She's amazing in that movie.
3: Yeah,
1: um, And I'm totally with you. I remember when I saw Room with my wife, we were just like, that's the best kid performance I've ever seen. Ever. Um, and we had read the book, both my wife and I read the book and I loved the book.
2: Um, I read the book after. So I don't know if that's why it hit me harder, but yeah. the movie hit me yeah. harder than the book did. Like, it was... I,
1: I read the book before, and so I and I really loved it. And so I had high expectations, and you really need a kid to be able to carry that movie. And I agree with you. It's one of the best kid performances I've ever seen. The other kid performance I was going to pair with that one in my cheating possible pick was Elsie Fisher in Eighth Grade. Did you guys oh, see Eighth Grade? Yeah. The, yeah. Bo
2: the Bo Burnham one, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah. that movie I saw in theaters when it came out. Kyle, did you see it? I did. I hadn't seen it last time you mentioned it. I think it was on
0: yeah. the '90s podcast, but I I, I have might seen have it
2: mentioned
1: since. it at something I loved, and it just floored me. Especially somebody who teaches middle school, and like I don't, I can't think of another movie that like captured just the daily pressures—not even daily, like the minute-to-minute pressures of of everything in like a middle school dynamic—and just just like the the image of her, like I think the movie starts. I haven't seen this in theaters, but I, I believe it starts with her putting on makeup and then getting back in bed and taking selfies in bed and posting it to Instagram with a filter. It's like, just woke up like this. And I, like, in the theater, like, started to cry. I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, is that really? Like, that is so sad that yeah. she's having to do that. And she's amazing. She's in pretty much every frame of the movie. And she did not get nominated for an Oscar. And that movie, I think, um, it's probably one of my favorite movies of, of the 2010s. I, I posted like a list on Facebook when the decade ended of my top 10 favorite movies of the decade. And I, I had that on there. So totally on board with the Jacob Tremblay performance. And maybe he and Elsie Fisher can do some sort of kid awesome performance. He's in something like right now, right, that I'm not thinking of um, or that, that either just came out or that he was in.
2: He was um, in Wonder. And he was yeah. in Predator. <laughs> he hasn't He hasn't struck anything again, really, which is a yeah, shame. Because you know
0: It's like, yeah, he exploded out of the scene with Room. And then I was hoping know. that he would have this huge career after that. And yeah. he has. He's been steadily working since then, but nothing to the level of that. I remember I, 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 I was I so excited to deal. see.
1: What's that? I hate to break you, but you guys are wrong. He, I knew he was in something uh, recent that was big, which is he's the main voice in Luca. He's the voice of Luca. Oh, yes,
3: I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, That's so
0: yep. good. Oh, oh, yeah. no, it's, it's um, it's him and the kid from It, right? Um, what's the yeah. kid's name? Uh, they keep it the, the the cast. Yeah.
1: So and great, there's great if great, you go on YouTube, there's great behind the scenes footage of him recording the lines. I don't know where he got such a good Italian accent. He's not Italian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just want to put him in my pocket. He's adorable, too. He's yeah, not. he is.
1: Awesome. So, yeah, I, I I guess this is
0: just spoilers. I don't know if either of you have listened far enough or if anyone's listening. So last week on 2010s, I drafted Room uh, for one of my favorite movies of the 2010s. Oh, I haven't um, listened
2: to your 2010 yet. Just the first 10 seconds.
0: That's, <laughs> just... that's one of them. Um, and I adore it. I adore that movie. And, yeah, Jacob Tremblay, the fact that he's not even nominated is just to me i mean i was sad enough that sylvester stallone didn't win best supporting actor because he's that's the best performance he's given in a rocky movie was in creed Mm -hmm. but um yeah just i I feel like you could the guy who won nothing against mark rylance but he was so boring in bridges spies and you easily could have subbed him out for jacob Tremblay. Yeah, just he was he was revelatory in that movie. And like I said, I was like hoping he hasn't really matched that. But he has had such a fun, steady career since then. I was really excited when he when I saw he was going to be in Dr. Sleep and like no spoilers for that movie. But if you watch it, it's not the role you want for him.
2: (laughs) I was told Um, I should not watch that movie because I have a young child that age. So that's that's what I was Fair, (laughs) Yes,
0: that's totally fair. I I agree with I echo that sentiment. (laughs) um but it's great yeah he's he's been working consistently since then i'm really happy to hear that he was in luca because that's what a delight of
1: a movie yeah and you want to hear something mind-blowing he's still 14 years old he's 14 (laughs) (laughs) so so
0: talented i mean yeah that's just the only one i can think of i'm glad you mentioned elsie because she was great in eighth grade the one that i can think of is the more like i feel like this was is the more like overrated one at this point but i still love um uh, what's his name? I, I know the character's name, but I can't remember the uh, Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense. I think oh, yeah. he is also wonderful. I just rewatched the movie, and I, what that was one that was nominated. I think
3: yes, he was. It was. I think he oh, was yeah. nominated for an yep. Oscar.
0: Um, but yeah, they're they're rare. They're so few and far in between. But when they come around, it's just like, oh wow, they know what I they're mean, doing. Sometimes it's just they need the
2: a director, like, like little baby Shersha and like Atonement and stuff too. Like and I mean, then yeah. you know, like what she's gone on to become is like. Wow, so yeah. I, he's got so much ahead of him. It's he's. Don't get
1: good. me started on Saoirse Ronan and <laughs> Atonement. <laughs> Here is Atonement is a movie I've only seen once, and it's more like I respected it for like it's very well made and good than like loved it. And like yeah, but it did something incredible. It took Benedict Cumberbatch and Saoirse Ronan, two of the most like likable performers <laughs> ever, and made you just absolutely fucking despise them. oh, oh yeah. Um, but I do want to watch it again because all I really remember from the movie is like the ending and me just being like, "Wait, what is happening?"
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. it's got a fantastic yeah. tracking shot. I'll say that. The, the, yeah. There's a tracking shot of the bat of the something that's happening in, in battle, and it's just beautiful. But I agree. I, I watched it and I was like, I appreciate the craft behind this. I think it's a really well-made movie. I should go back because there's a lot of people that I love in that movie. Those two are mm-hmm. great, and then James McAvoy is also fantastic yeah. in that movie. Um, that's a great pick. I'm so glad we got some room love on this podcast once again because Jacob is just yeah. oh, I love him. I
1: can't wait to see. What yeah, you we were, we were talking. I was, and you were building up. And I was like, I think she's gonna take Jacob Tremblay in room. And I, like, <laughs> I have that written down on my phone. That's actually one of, right there. I, I was gonna put it in my honorable mentions. I don't think it was one of the four I was gonna do, but it was right there on there. I'm actually, I'm excited. I, I'm teaching this semester. Um, in a high school elective that I'm teaching, a, a literature and film class, where we basically read books and watch adaptations, and we're gonna read and watch Room. Oh so, wow! Yes. And, um, which I've never—I've taught this elective twice before in previous years, but uh, I change up the syllabus from time to time. Yeah. And I wanted to do this one, so we're gonna be doing Room in class, and I'm gonna be yeah. teaching it. It's gonna be really room, fun.
2: watching Room, like I—you even know, like it's not a spoiler or anything. Like you know that they get out and everything, but like. Watching him in the back of that truck is like I feel like it was the most nerve-wracking like moment in it it, that I've ever had in a theater. With the exception of like the entirety of 1917, like that (laughs) scene was like like I you couldn't stop watching it. It was so like anxiety like producing and
0: yeah. It was insane. Going back to score too, the music in that scene too, is just, it just hits and mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's anxiety, but it's also like, please get out. Like, I know it's going to be great if you get out. Yeah,
2: and, and when he's uh, trying to run away, weird. like you feel like it's when you're having one of those nightmares where like, you can't run and you're like, I am watching this happen. And it yeah. is.
0: Yeah, yeah, <gasps> oh, I just want to rewatch
1: Room now. That's I a don't, great but break. I do. To <laughs> be clear, we have been talking about the Tommy Wiseau movie, The Room, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Now, and four rooms. That, rooms. That,
1: that, that is what we've been discussing, and we're in agreement that he was snubbed for exactly. best actor. And of course, Mark, hi Mark, was snubbed for best supporting actor, and the whole, and it was obviously snubbed for best football. Scene. How do we not name that for sports movies? The room <laughs> has one of the most iconic football scenes of all time. <laughs> it's true. It's tremendous. It's true. <laughs> Just I'm going to a wedding. Not weekend. hit this, Lisa. He did not. One of my best friends is getting married this weekend, and I just hope while we're standing around like in tuxedos that we can toss the old pigskin around for a while.
0: (laughs) As long as you bring a black wig with you, you should be fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're so funny, Kyle.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, let's move on. We've got Micah's next
1: pick. What you got for us, man? Pick number three. Okay, so... I'm going to pick, this one is really, there's a, a particular category within here um, that it, I find egregious that there was no nomination, but really it is the, the movie as a whole. Uh, the movie is one of my favorite movies of the last 20 years, and it received a grand total of zero Oscar nominations. I just recently listened to um, The Big Picture They did, uh, that podcast, they did a draft of 2007 movies. I don't know if you guys listened to that podcast or in general or listened to that specific episode. Kyle, did you? Yeah. Okay, 2007, uh, generally regarded as one of the best movie years ever, really, Um, in particular because of There Will Be Blood, No Country for Old Men, Michael Clayton, Zodiac, all fantastic movies. But my favorite movie um, from that year... It's none of those movies. And sadly, none of them drafted that on that episode. And the Oscars threw it no love, so I'm gonna toss some love, which is Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, is one of my favorite movies, period. Have you guys seen Before the Devil Knows You're Dead? No. Not. Neither of you have seen it. Okay, do you know the movie I'm talking about? Like, do you know yeah. anything about it? I know just the just title, but the I don't title. really know anything else. Okay, right. so I'm, I'll, be, I'll fly solo for a little bit here. That's no problem. Um, <laughs> It's tremendous. So, directed by Sidney Lumet, um, who's been directing movies for, literally, like, he directed movies for 50 years. I think the first movie he directed was 12 Angry Men, which I think came out in, like, 1957. Yeah. And before The Devil Knows You're Dead was the last movie he made. He made it, I think, when he was 80. And it was the last movie he made, I believe, before he died. Um, and it stars, once again, we're back to Ethan Hawke. Um, but, but Ethan Hawke is great in that movie, um, but the the lead is my favorite actor of all time who's philip seymour hoffman um and that is really we all know the correct answer to who is the best actor of all time it's philip seymour hoffman (laughs) um we should do a draft of philip seymour hoffman performances that would be a a draft and this would be my number one pick and i love philip seymour hoffman i think this is his best role without spoiling anything because the less you know going into it the better the basic premise is he and ethan hawk play brothers who are both um strapped for cash and so they plan to rob a jewelry store together and things go awry. Kind of like in a Coen Brothers movie, how every Coen Brothers movie is about like a, a planned kidnapping that gets botched. Is If you think about it, the plot of like every Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> um, and the whole movie's tremendous. Daniel Day-Lewis won the Oscar for Best Act of the Year for There Will Be Blood. It's hard to argue against that since that's generally regarded and rightfully so as like one of the best acting performances ever. But um, Philip Seymour Hoffman absolutely should have been nominated that year. It should have been nominated for best picture as well. Um, Director, uh, screenplay, it's just a riveting thriller, incredibly well made. The supporting cast is great. Marissa Tomei is in it. Albert Finney is in it. They're both amazing. Um, Rosemary Harris, uh, Aunt May herself, has a, a very short-lived role in it. She's not in it for long, but she's in it. And it's just an amazing movie. And, uh, you know, the Oscars didn't throw it some love. That draft didn't show it some love. So I needed to do a shout-out for one of my favorite movies. And if neither of you guys have seen it, you guys can watch it and let me know what you think about it because right. I think it's just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I, wow, this is one, like you said, 2007 has so many good movies that the fact that this is one that i'd never even heard of just a testament like so much diver diverse content that came out that year um the fact that it has nothing though is very surprising especially because lumet was a a big name for so long uh that's just baffling to me i mean not even anything for phyllis Seymour hoffman or for the score or the screenplay or anything that it lost it it snubbed entirely is just Wow, that's very surprising. But um I'm very intrigued by the the premise. I this is another one that's going right on the list.
1: Um, yeah. Great, great pick. I love that. And it's not like it wasn't well received or well known. Like you said, I mean the pedigree of the cast, the director is big. Like it, I'm sure it's Rotten Tomatoes score, not that really matters, is incredibly high. Like it was very well reviewed, appeared on a lot of like film critics best movies uh, of the year i think it was just such a loaded year it just somehow got shut out but um i i i always tell people to watch it because it's it is legitimately when i'm if i was doing the 2000s movies draft i would have been picking that one up for sure yeah
0: for sure wow that's that's interesting i i can't wait to watch that movie now especially i've been trying to In the last like few months or so to like track down every Philip Seymour Hoffman performance that I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously one of them. So that's I can't wait to check it off the list because I agree. He's not like my all time favorite, but I would say he's up in maybe
2: like the top five. for sure. And he does everything like he can do everything and he's done everything like, yeah,
0: yeah. he even makes silly movies like Mission Impossible 3 way more entertaining. I mean, I love I unabashedly love the Mission Impossible movies, especially three, but. Like, without him, that's just kind of a goofy J.J. Abrams action movie. And he's Mm -hmm. genuinely chilling in that movie. Like, he's
1: terrifying. (laughs) Uh, And talking about making silly movies uh, way better, Along Came Polly is not a good movie. He's (laughs) unbelievable in it.
3: It's,
1: uh, (laughs) It's like everyone else in that movie is batting, like, 250, and he comes in in a thousand and it's like he went to jack black's house and was like hey i'm gonna do like i'm just gonna be you for a movie like it's like a jack black role that instead they were like screw it we're getting philip seymour hoffman to do it and i believe i might be wrong i believe he invents the term sharding in that movie i i might be wrong but he like defines it he explains that that's why they have to leave a party and he defines the term yeah. I don't remember hearing it before then. And why would he have to define it if, if it wasn't already well known?
2: This is true. That's true. There it's, you go. Wow. That's his legacy. <laughs> Learn something new every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, Forget that Oscar. Legacy. Forget <laughs> all
2: of his other stuff. It's charming. all the way. <laughs>
0: Oh man. All right, I'm going to move on to my third and fourth picks. So, yeah, keeping it back to like more mainstream stuff. These next two are going to be very recent. Like I said, this is stuff that uh, just in this past decade is when I've really paid attention to not only the movies that came out but the whole race leading up to the Oscars and I'm going to go with a very recent one last year. Um, you know, last year was very mixed because we didn't get a lot of big releases there was a lot of stuff that was delayed but there were still some great movies that came out and this past oscars was the first time like i went to an actual oscars party and like filled out a ballot and did all the did all the things um and there was one that like i didn't care about winning but i was like this one i feel like is like kind of a a natural like a no-brainer and i'm not going to go with the one that people think which The fact that there's two is really troubling because the Academy just really kind of screwed it uh, twice. But I'm going to go with one that's more kind of broad, and I'm going to go with Promising Young Woman being almost completely shut out at the 93rd Academy Awards. They won Best Original Screenplay, and that's it. Uh, And if you've seen the movie, Micah, I know you're a really big fan. Leah, have you seen Promising Young Woman? Yeah. Okay. It was the first movie I saw back
2: in theaters when we reopened, so.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, love this movie, but if you've seen it, like it has a lot of themes going on. But one of the prominent themes are about how women are not listened to, and it's kind of ironic that flash forward to the Academy Awards and it's just completely shut out. Like it wins Best Original Screenplay, very deserved. Love that it won that. But look, I have nothing against Nomadland. I think it's a fine movie. It's pretty, but the fact that that won Best Director over it, the fact that it won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. It just is very upsetting. The editing should have gotten a nod. The I don't even know if the score got nominated, and the score is unreal. Not to mention the what the stuff they do with like popular songs, like what they do with Britney Spears' Toxic is so, so good. good. I love that scene. But and then Carrie Mulligan not winning Best Actress is mind-boggling to me because she's so good in that movie. Talk about performances that are so in control. It's a very tough role to play, right? Like there's just very, there's a lot of layers to it. That's the nature of the movie. And the fact that she is so in control the entire time when the scene comes, calls her a more calm scene, she's great. But when there are that, those moments like that scene when Toxic is playing, when she really explodes, she does. And it's believable. And she's really just fantastic. Again, nothing against Frances McDormand. I think she's great. Um, This is not her best performance and not by a long shot. And I think, you know, I'm. I think it's glad, great that she won for Nomadland. She's already won though. Like, I think I think she won for three billboards outside of Missouri, um, and if not, she should have that one because that she, was. A she great. did win that one. Okay, and, and uh, Fargo. This was her third best oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, for Fargo as well. So like, she's good. She already has two Oscars. You know, Carrie Mulligan is a very new face. Not really in the grand scheme of things, but she is new with the Oscars, and I don't know if this was her first, but it. Felt like the first time people were really paying attention to her, um, she's not and for something else, but it, it had to have either if if it was before this, it had to have either been Drive or like maybe Inside Lewin Davis. Um,
1: uh, actually, for a movie that came out, I think, 2009 called An Education. Have you guys seen it? Oh, An the, oh uh, that's right, charge Guard, right? No, she's in, um, uh, in uh, a, diff- a different movie called Shame okay. with Fassbender. Got it. Yeah. an Education is yeah. great if you guys haven't seen An Education. That's yes. really a good movie. Okay.
0: So she got that. And, um, But, again, this just felt like she was so in control of this movie the entire way through. But this is really just the movie in general just being almost completely shut out. It was just very shocking. I mean, I was went to, like, an Oscars party with some of our friends – um, and the whole night we were like, oh, it's, it's got to win something like this is getting a little ridiculous. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were also just taking turns dunking on Mank for getting 10 nominations and being the most boring movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just it was more and more upsetting the, as the night progressed. And like I said, when I talk about this past Oscars, there's a very big obvious elephant in the room that I could have gone with and I think is equally egregious, but like that was another one where it's like, okay, the rest of that category was pretty stacked and the one the guy who won was a great performance. It was just very, very unfortunate timing.
1: Um <laughs> now, yeah, I, was, uh, Kyle, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. And then I remembered the way the Oscars ended. And then yeah. I remembered me being like, what this happened? <laughs> So like, I, I guess I'll just
0: say it. So I could have gone with Chadwick Boseman losing Best Actor to Anthony Hopkins. Um, I thought Anthony Hopkins was fantastic in The Father. I think it's mm-hmm. probably his best performance since Silence of the Lambs, honestly. Um, but it obviously just felt like a very big slap in the face because they even did best B- best picture before Best Actor because like it was almost like they knew we knew. Okay, you're gonna give us time to like honor Chadwick. Yeah, they were baiting us yeah exactly and then it goes and it just happened in the most awkward unfortunate way like they gave the award to anthony hopkins who was not there to receive the award didn't even cut to a speech from him and it just very quickly within the like a span of 10 seconds the ceremony was over credits were rolling and i remember the best part about that was like i said i was on a zoom call watching it with some friends and one of our friends um eric was on a really big delay from us so when we got to that. He was like watching, I don't know, best animated or something like he was really far behind and we couldn't hide our reaction. Right. Like we were all very upset. So he knew what was going to happen. But I know I remember he was at he was at best documentary because my octopus teacher won. So it was like dead silence. We were all really upset. And then he just goes, so this guy wants to have sex with his octopus, right? (laughs) We all just sat there like, Eric, just wait, you have much more controversy to come.
3: (laughs) And big tonight. To they, the to <laughs> right. they
1: they had maybe the worst possible person on stage to handle it, which was Walking Phoenix, oh. who <laughs> <literally> <laughs> hates giving out awards and hates award season, and was standing there and he's just like, "That's it." Yeah, and and I was like, Hopkins. maybe maybe the the weirdest moment I've ever seen in an oscars and i i saw the la la land moonlight (laughs) i want to talk more about promising young woman yes yeah so
0: i know you both have seen this like were you hoping that it was going to win some more stuff going into that that night
2: yeah i thought it should have won for at the very least best actress and i think it could have definitely been a contender for best picture i mean it had one of like it had been a while since I had been surprised by an ending. Mm-hmm. So it was, I very much appreciated that. Um, Cause you know, it's so hard to like not see twists coming for, for them to like get you. Yeah, uh, It's, yeah. it's really when it happens, it's like, Oh, it's like you have to treasure it. Um, right, So um, yeah, it was so even seeing it. So I remember seeing the trailer. I, I man, I'm a manager at a movie theater um, and I and every year we would go to a trade show where basically they just gave us like a bunch of free shit and we got to watch like all the trailers and clips from like shit coming out like in the next two years. So, like, you know, there'd be reps from Disney and and you know New Line or whatever it is and you know, just everybody, whatever. And I remember seeing the clips in the trailer for this with the toxic playing and whatnot. And it was like, this is gonna be amazing. And it was like, "Holy shit, that's Carrie Mulligan." Like, didn't even dawn yeah. on me that that was her. And then fucking COVID happened and we're like, "Where is this movie? Where is this movie? I want this movie." And it was so just the the anticipation for it. And and then it paid off, which is awesome because that doesn't always happen. Um right. but it was it was so good. Was so so good and so robbed. So, yeah, 100% you're correct. That's all. I got.
1: Yeah, I I uh, feel much the same way as as the two of you. This was far and away my favorite movie from last year, by um, a long shot. And Kyle, I believe that uh, when we were doing the the '90s movie draft a while back, I think when you were talking about Good Will Hunting, you were talking about the feeling when you're watching for the first time. You're just like, there's there's a feeling you sometimes get when you're watching a movie that's really resonating with you, and as you're watching it, you're like this is like going to be one of my favorite movies. Like I just love this movie and you, and you feel it. Yeah. And I've only seen the movie the one time. Uh, so not Good Will Hunting, which I've seen like 70 times, but <laughs> I've, not seen that one. I've seen, I've seen once, but I had kind of that feeling. I don't know if I'd say it's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, I haven't seen it enough times, but just the way it's nice. A movie just kind of hits you and just really vibes with you in, in the way that you're thinking about it. And, and every turn that happened, like Leah, you were saying, there's a ton of twists and turns in it. But as they're happening, I'm like, yes, this is this this is right. I mean, it's horrible and it's hard to watch. But every 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 plot development, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly where this should go. This is this is exactly right. Um, Sometimes when I watch a movie that I have a lot of thoughts about, I just sit down and open up a Google Doc and like write an essay about it that no one has any interest in reading, and then I'll maybe post it on on Binge Mode (laughs) and hope someone reads it. (laughs) And I I did that for this, and I literally wrote like a. 2000 word like response to it because i just had so many thoughts i don't even know if either of you guys saw that or even know what i'm talking about but i did and i oh, it loved it,
3: oh, it, <laughs> you <read> it Kyle? <laughs> um
1: it was great yeah I, I adored it oh thank you um but yeah i mean i i have uh, obviously you know a ton of thoughts about it and kind of just like you were saying Kyle what what it says about just being a Woman, uh, which, uh, you know, and, and uh, just kind of today's era. I mean, there's just so many things in there to talk about and think about. And uh, I agree. It's a brilliant movie. Um, 100% agree with the Carrie Mulligan thing. I was really hoping. I believe, I might be wrong. I think that you, they usually start with a screenplay or, like, Best Supporting Actor win. I think it won the first Oscar of the night. Uh, when they were doing it. And I was like, hell yeah, it's going to be Promising Young Woman's Night. And then it was (laughs) not. Um, But that's okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, also like the set design of it is incredible. Just it's like these really vibrant colors, um, almost like this like, like pop art for for some parts of it. And and these like really bright, like pinks and bluish hues. Mm -hmm. The whole movie is amazing. Um, And yeah, I mean, I could talk about it all day. But We've already spent an hour naming sports movies.
2: <laughs> um, I did want to say one other thing about Promising a Woman is that at least to me, the three that I can think of off the top of my head, like just uh, supporting actors and stuff like that that were in it, that just like I had never seen in those sorts of roles before was like Max Greenfield, Bo Burnham, and Alison Brie. Like yes. I just, you've never seen them like that. So it was just yeah. like, holy shit. Like,
0: whoa. Not to, Not to mention Alfred Molina just yes, coming in yes, in one so scene so, and then not so even so, going yes. credited for the movie and being one of the best scenes of the entire movie yeah like, oh, oh that's, it's so good everyone is so perfectly cast in that movie
1: yeah yeah he didn't sure. have enough tentacles though <laughs> enough tentacles. Yeah, he was he's missing his arms <laughs> can i can I, uh, can I harken back real fast to your guys spider-man podcast you did a couple weeks back which of i really course. enjoyed. i love a plug <laughs> I, I gotta say when you guys were talking about best scenes you guys talked about some good ones it hurt me a little bit that you guys... I don't think either of you mentioned it. The scene of Dr. Octopus blindfolded in the hospital on the security camera footage just, like, fucking shit up left and right. Yeah.. I, I like that even more than the train scene. I'm like you. I, I love Spider-Man 2. I, lo- I, mean, I love the original Spider-Man. I, I think Spider-Man 2 is one of the... like. If it was an MCU movie, I would say, like, a top five MCU movie, possibly. Like, I love that movie. I think it's just perfect. That doc- And Dr. Octopus... Just that's one of my favorite villains of all time, Alfred Molina. That. I love how, you know, for superhero movies, his usually like, oh, just get like jacked out of your mind, whether it's a hero or a villain. For him, they're like, we want you to gain 40 pounds, and we're just gonna wear like an open shirt the whole time and just look like a middle-aged dad. And and he's just like he's just like half shirtless the whole movie from just kicking ass. And um but so no, the scene of him just Destroying that hospital is yeah unreal. Well, what what it is is
0: it's like it's Ramy going back to his evil dead roots. Like it feels mm. very much like a horror scene, you know. It's yeah. it's campy still, but yeah, I agree. That's that's a great call. We should have shouted out that that scene. But yeah, that's a great that's a great scene. Alfred Molina was just I love that he just went uncredited for that movie for Promising Young Woman and just had one scene, but it just resonates. It's such a great scene, but. Oh, man, I'm glad y'all are on board with this pick. Uh, We're rolling into the final round of the draft. Before that, we're going for one more
1: break. Do you love fantasy shows? Are you looking for that Avatar, The Last Airbender itch? Are you looking for something that has dragons, maybe? Then I have just the show for you. Netflix's The Dragon Prince is three seasons of amazing and heartwarming story. You follow Callum and his brother as well as their elf friend rayla as they try to save the last dragon and it's just so well done the animation is beautiful and the fighting is is excellent i can't rave about this show enough and it's getting a whole three four more seasons to finish the show Uh, it's it's confirmed so you have a lot to watch and look forward to
0: dragon prince welcome back from break we are in the final round of the draft talking about oscars snubs and i am at my final pick so like micah said you know like i didn't have a list of uh 40 movies this time or 40 different picks this is a pretty small list but um i'm still kind of torn honestly there's a few that i i am torn between i'm gonna go ahead and go with one yeah Uh, this is one that is a more like There's a few that people think of in the last few years, and I feel like this was it's maybe been forgotten in the last few years. But it the year that these awards happened, it was a a huge deal. So I'm gonna go with the 87th Academy Awards came out, you know, celebrating the movies of 2014. Um, The Best Actor category was pretty stacked for the most part. I would say there's two really big uh, missing performances, but the one that I'm going with is absolutely Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler um I think that he for an actor to of his caliber to for that I think that's maybe the performance of his career honestly I think that and that you could say that about like a number of his performances because he's just so good um his his bathing practices notwithstanding uh but he is he is just so good in Nightcrawler it feels reminiscent of like Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver. I mean, he feels like he just disappears in the role. He's barely recognizable. He lost so much weight for the role, and he is just so fully in control. And I remember that year, you know, there were some great performances. Um, I think uh, who, won? I think Michael Keaton won for for Birdman, which, you know, but
3: no, I love the Man pretentious won.
0: movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne. He won for Theory of Everything. Okay. Um, great performance. Um, you know, you had Bradley Cooper for some reason for American Sniper, which he was fine,
2: whatever.
1: I would um, nominate the Baby Doll. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would fucking set something on fire if the Baby Doll got nominated and Tremblay didn't, so
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we, Steve Carell Fox missing, was
2: nominated, though, and that was really good.
0: That, that was the one I of the nominees I would have preferred to win if yeah. Jake you know, didn't get nominated. I would have nominated also You're the missing. Shows. Yeah. His nose. Yeah, you're missing. I think you're missing David Yellowwell for Selma, which is also just like, why was he not nominated? Like, he was also just fantastic. But Jake Gyllenhaal, I just think he was so in control of this this movie. It's if you haven't seen it, it is a harrowing movie. Like I I said, it feels like a very taxi driver type movie. Kind of hard to watch sometimes. But the way that he plays off of the rest of the cast, especially Riz Ahmed, is just so riveting um and then like his scenes with Rene russo are really uncomfortable but like to a degree where it's like wow these two actors are, just have been working for so long and they're like at the peak of their craft right now um you get you know the late great bill paxton in there but just jake Hall plays off of everyone so well i mean he just he just bounces off of everyone so well and that, that was at a point in his career where he was really on fire i mean he had prisoners and enemy like right before that which are my other two favorite performances of his he would have nocturnal animal animals a couple years later like he was just really hitting this great stride of movies that weren't necessarily mainstream or like blockbuster movies but just these crazy good character studies and just really good performances and i feel like this is just like the peak of that right like i think miles teller was also shut out for this for whiplash which is also just baffling to me Ridiculous. Um, I know the performance that people talk about from that is JK Simmons but I think Miles Teller is just as good because you have to be to match the crazy energy from <laughs> JK um, so they yeah they were both great but I just Jake Hall is just it's a perfect performance it truly is so I was so sad to see it not get nominated
1: Miles Teller was not quite the Oscars tempo
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> Have you all seen? i seen you all have both seen Nightcrawler.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have. Okay.
2: Has Jake Gyllenhaal been nominated for anything? I believe
1: he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for *Brokeback Mountain*. I might be yeah. wrong. I can check that now, but I'm
2: pretty sure that that's correct. I know he's um, never won anything, which is yeah, insane. He's...
0: Right. That's a whole other like he is so overdue. I would I would argue more so than when people were talking about Leo. Like Leo was overdue for an Oscar, but Jake Gyllenhaal has been putting in quality performances back to back to back. Like he's yeah. overdue for a, a win.
1: Yeah. I mean
2: um, I yeah. I
1: he's I, I would say Jake Jillenhall's probably now that Philip Seymour Hoffman sadly is dead, uh Jake Gyllenhaal might be my favorite Current working actor for a lot of the reasons that you just named and the performances. I tossed Zodiac in there as well, which he's incredible, mm-hmm. in. um, so and I, I he's great in Brokeback Mountain. Um, I'm
2: throwing Bubble Boy in there too, wow. obviously. <laughs>
1: Bubble, and I mean, like Donnie Darko, and obviously the Bubs. Um, October
2: Sky, love it.
1: Um, you know what he's great in is Far From Home. He's so good, Far yeah. Yeah. So good um, in Far From Home. Yeah, he hams it up in that movie. Yeah. And when I'm he turns, ter- when, so ter- ter- when he does the reveal. And and he's like just this like smile. He's like, "Hey, we got it." So good. I was like, "I was like, what is what's happening?" (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Um, But yeah, I've only seen Nightcrawler once. I probably saw it not when it came out. I probably saw it like four or five years ago. Um, And yeah, it's it's great. Um, And he has kind of like a bit of like a Heath Ledger Joker energy in it, like with like his eyes darting. He doesn't have like the tongue thing, but. It's a very physical performance and, um, yeah. and it's, it's super intense. And I mean, he, and he's really good at those types of performances. It does feel kind of a piece of with like the Zodiac performance where he, mm-hmm. he's kind of in that kind of like nanic stage for part of it as well, um, which I agree he's, he's fantastic in. Prisoner is also an intense and Prisoners weirdly difficult performance. That that movie is number one, maybe, on movies that I love, but really might never watch again.
3: <laughs> <Because> <laughs>
1: my wife and I were watching it, we were like, this is, like, way too intense. <laughs> <laughs> this is really intense. Um, but, man, it was good. But, no, Nightcrawler is amazing. That's a great pick.
2: Yeah, Nightcrawler is kind of, when I watched Uncut Gems, it kind of made me, like, feel the same kind of way that Nightcrawler did at times. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah,
0: Uncut is like—I mean, that's another one that you can mention for acting. But like that yeah. is—that's like what ninety minutes of just pure anxiety. I mean, yes. the entire time. Like I just—that's like you just said with Prisoners, Micah. I—I I love Prisoners, so maybe it's something to be said about me that I watch that movie all the time. I don't not about to unpack that but <laughs> but uncut Gems is that movie for me i saw it in the theater and i was like i'll likely never watch this again because of how anxious i just was for 90 minutes straight like there's not a yeah. single break in that movie um yeah. but i get it. the same vibe with nightcrawler because it's just so unrelenting right yeah. yeah
2: it's just like you just don't even feel comfortable in like your own skin like while you're watching it and stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. that's no. great yeah Yeah, also the Adam Sandler snub, too. He's never going to make a good movie again now because of that. You know it's going to (laughs) happen.
0: Yeah, he was because that was like him saying, like, I can still do this. Yeah, I haven't done it in a long time, but I'll go ahead and just do this and give this amazing performance. And y'all didn't recognize it. So here I go and make Grown Ups 3 now, you know, (laughs)
2: Exactly. I will. I'm going to take off my very long shorts and my basketball jersey. (laughs) And now, fuck you guys. I'm never taking it off again. Yeah, he's just exactly. taking it off. I love videos that pop up of, like, Adam Sandler playing
1: pickup basketball. Like, um, and, like it's like a playground in New York City. And, yes, his, th- that is not shorts. He's wearing a full skirt. they are down his ankles. And he's, like, both, like, really he's, – he's got, like, a real classic, like, middle-aged man pickup game. Like, I don't know how much basketball you guys play. I play a lot of pickup basketball. And there's always a guy who's, like, kind of out of shape and not very fast. But it's making like really astute passes and very elbowy. I bet Adam Sandler's got a super elbowy. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're taking elbows. A really funny Adam Sandler thing also is Funny People is you know like pretty divisive, and some people are like, "eh, it's like nine hours long." But I, I love Funny People and think he's yeah. great in it. Um, and in Funny People, he's kind of like clearly mocking the shitty movies he's made like there's like the baby movie where he's like i'm being and then and it seemed like oh like this is like a real moment of like self reflection and he's going to be like oh like entering some new stage and he's like i'm just going to go to hawaii and like film one up nine <laughs> and i'm going to sign a seven movie deal with netflix and one of the movies is going to literally be called like the ridiculous six <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, that's just true. I, I will defend Hubie Halloween for the rest of my life because I had so much fun with that movie, but the rest of them are garbage, unabashedly garbage. I,
1: I, I have not watched a single Adam Sandler Netflix movie. I honestly probably haven't seen an Adam Sandler movie since, like, since Funny People. Like, I just haven't watched them because I'm not yeah. seeing them up. Like, they used to be, you know, I don't know. I I, I love Adam Sandler's good movies, um, and so I can't really speak too much of it. Good. hey... Big no, Daddy, this is, good. Good. Big Daddy is fucking good.
2: Okay. Happy Gilmore's up there. <laughs> I like oh, Spanglish. Yeah. I can't lie. So. Um, I do, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, no. I like the Nightcrawler pick, and somehow we got to Adam Sandler posting up. But from there, but I, I think that it was all all of piece together. <laughs> <It's> all
0: connected. <laughs> all
1: right, let's move on back to Micah for his fourth and final pick. What you got? Fourth for and final rest. pick. All right, I've got some ones on the board. Um, some ones I'm thinking about but i think i gotta go with this one which is i'm sticking with the the 2010s decade one of my favorite movies of the decade maybe my very favorite movie of the decade and it got a couple oscar nominations and one one got two nominations one one but i feel like it got snubbed in many other categories and interestingly i had to pick it because of this thing that always strikes me as so fascinating an actress in the movie won an oscar that year in the category that i believe she should have won it for for this other movie so (laughs) now that i confused you let me explain the movie is ex machina which i love 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 the shit out of ex machina yes uh so ex machina came out it's weird on imdb it says it came out 2014 but it was it, it qualified, it's in the, like the, the 2016 Oscars, which means that yeah. I guess maybe it made its like official debut or qualified in 2015. But it's in the, the 2015 movies. So it, it won two Oscars. It uh, Sorry, it won one Oscar, one for best visual effects, which is kind of interesting because the visual effects in that movie are amazing. But usually mm-hmm. the visual effects goes to like a very big budget movie. Um, and Star Wars, The Force Awakens, came out that year, which is kind of an obvious pick. And also Mad Max Fury Road came out that year, which the interesting thing Mad Max Fury Road obviously has some of the best visual effects ever. I wonder if it got mm-hmm. done because they're like mostly practical effects somehow and not and but it's interesting that X-Men 01, I might be wrong about this, I'm kind of making this up, but I feel like I heard this when it came out. I think it was like the lowest budget movie to win best visual effects or at least maybe of the century. Um because it usually goes like that's where a movie where it's like, "Oh, Avengers is winning an Oscar for Best Visual Effects. So it won that Oscar, which I think is well-deserved because it's more like subtle effects as opposed to just big explosions. And then also got a nomination for its screenplay. Um, And its screenplay is amazing, which it did not win for. Spotlight won. Spotlight also has a great screenplay. Mm. But it should have been nominated, I feel, across the board. Best Picture, Best Director. I would have given an Oscar nomination to Donald Gleason, Oscar Isaac for Supporting Actor. But the interesting factoid is Alicia Eva Kander, who I think should have won Best Supporting Actress for that movie, which she's unbelievable in, won Best Supporting Actress that year for a different movie, for The Danish Girl.
2: Yes, she did. Uh, yeah. Which,
1: which uh, is, is, a, is a, a fine movie. Um, I saw it. I enjoyed it. Um, and she's really good in it. She's kind of like the lead in it. So I feel like maybe she should have been nominated for a lead acting thing. But it's such a, an interesting, I feel, Oscar quirk. It's rare that someone, you're like, oh, this person should have got snubbed for a movie. But they actually won for the same category in the same year in a different movie. I can't think of another thing where I was like, huh, this actor got nominated for the wrong movie in this year in that category and won. But uh, Ex Machina is honestly a movie I I think about, like, some aspect of it at least once a week, something pertaining to Ex Machina. I'll be like, oh, shit, this is like Ex Machina. Um, And... um, I just think it's amazing. It's it's just a, a brilliant movie, and I think it should have won all the Oscars, including Alicia Vikander for Best Supporting Actress for Ex Machina, not for The Danish Girl. Yeah. Uh, Leah, I,
0: I assume you are a fan of Ex Machina as well.
2: I am, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was so good when it came out. Oscar Isaac was, holy crap. Um, yeah. Donald, yeah, everybody was so great in it, um, and it's and and she was she was amazing. So and she was I enjoyed her in that, like you said, way better than the Danish girl. So yeah, it yeah. was it was like new and refreshing, and it was a it was a breath of fresh air. It was something different. Um, not to say you know that the Danish girls in a story that needs to be told, it does need to be told, but Ex Machina was yeah, it was. It was cool, (laughs) like it was, it was fucking cool as hell. So it was something you hadn't seen before,
0: for sure. And also, like, so Alex Garland is definitely my favorite voice working in the sci-fi genre right now. I mean, you got that. You even got his work on like Dread and Sunshine, and I think he did like Twenty Eight Days Later. I mean, he's just on fire right now. Gave us Devs last year, and Ex Machina, like you said, felt like such a singular like you it's not necessarily like a new story because like that kind of story has been done before but it's done in such a new and like really committed way i love that it really is just the three of them you i mean you get you get very brief other appearances but it really truly is just the three of them and then kind of just this like psychological thing that happens Mm -hmm. and i love all i can think of is the oscar isaac dancing scene like i remember the first time i saw the movie it was like i am laughing so hard but also so unsettled right now (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's so good they're all three just amazing uh micah the only other time i can think of something like this happening with what you're talking about with alicia is um actually like a year later when amy adams was nominated for arrival i think she's fantastic in arrival i definitely think if there was a performance she should have been nominated for that year it absolutely should have been nocturnal animals because Mm. she is phenomenal in that movie um but you're right; it rarely happens like that. And yet, yeah, no one talks about the Danish Girl anymore. It's it's a good movie, like Leah said. It was a story that needed to be told. But at least to be candid, was a very new face at that point, and mm-hmm. Ex Machina was the thing that launched her career. Yeah, not not the Danish Girl, because you have that. You have the Light Between Oceans the very next year, and then she just explodes after that, right? Like she's in everything now. She's in the yeah. Green Knight right now. She's in everything. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that. If that movie was going to get any other nominations, which I agree it should have gotten a plethora of other nominations, it certainly should have been for Alicia. Um, So this is interesting, though, Micah, would you have had, like, hypothetical scenario where it gets all the nominations it deserves? Would would it be a dual Best Actor nomination for both Donal and Oscar? Because you can argue that they both are the lead character.
1: I think, well, the Oscars lost their campaign. I I think... It'd probably toss Oscar Isaac in the supporting actor category. I'm honestly okay. surprised he didn't because it's the flashier role between the two, all three of them. I mean, it's basically a three person movie. I feel like it would also make a kick ass play if you were somehow able to, like, it would just like make a really intense play because there's really three of them plus the robot lady who does the dance. <laughs> um, but, um, and even though I like, did, Donald amazing, but I feel like Oscar Isaac is kind of like the showy role of it. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that he didn't get a supporting actor nomination. I'm looking at the supporting actor nominees that year. This is the year we've already talked about with Mark Rylance. Ah, uh, uh, we yeah. You, no. we were. So we wanted to, to replace, we wanted to put in um, Oscar Isaac and Jacob Tremblay, yes. and we're knocking out in that category, we've got Mark Rylance, who won, Christian Bale for the big short, Tom Hardy, The Revenant. I, I couldn't hear a damn word he said in that movie, but he was good. <laughs> Mark Oslo for Spotlight. And Sylvester Stallone for Creed. It's pretty good supporting actor category, but yeah, I think he yeah. could knock out two and toss R two in there as well. Yeah,
0: I I love Tom Hardy, but I would knock him out because he's in he's deserved the the Oscar for other performances. He's he's fine in the Revenant. I do I really like Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight though. Mark Ruffalo in
2: Spotlight is very good. They knew.
0: Yeah, that. <laughs> Just stop my heart for a second. That was a great scene.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Overlapping laughing about Spotlight. It's like, Spotlight's an amazing movie. That's a rare movie where it's like, you know, it's very Oscars-baity. Like, oh, a very weighty, important, like, current event subject. But it's also just a phenomenal movie. Like, it's very yeah. gripping. It's super well acted, incredibly well written. That's a great
0: movie. For sure.
1: Not funny at all.
0: But I, I would definitely feel comfortable dropping Mark Rylance and, uh, and Tom Hardy and throwing in Jacob and
1: yeah. Oscar. So here's the question, Leah. So if, if we had to choose between our two guys who we talked about from that year, who would you give the Oscar to? Little man Jacob oh. or, or dancer boy Oscar Isaac? Oh, I'm giving no. it to
2: Jacob because Oscar has other things that I think he could also be nominated for. Yeah, Somehow wasn't yes,
1: nominated for Inside Lumen Davis either. which is Exactly. A, a I don't think Oscar Isaac yeah. has an Oscar nomination.
2: Um, I think he did for the, the one where they were, like, the immigrant family in, like, the 80s or something. Um,
0: oh, was that uh, a Most Violent Year?
2: No, yes. that
1: wasn't the same thing. No. no. So I'm looking it up. He actually – he does not have any Oscar nominations.
2: No, that was the one that they were talking wow. about that they thought he was going to get a nom for was okay. the Most Violent Year. Yes. So, wow. Okay. Uh, he has things he should be nominated for. <laughs> I mean, it's not Apocalypse, but, you know <laughs> – It's other things.
0: (laughs) Look, I write hard for X-Men Apocalypse. Leah knows this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That's a great call though. X Machina is just such a fun movie. I can't wait to rewatch that one as well. It's one I haven't revisited in a long time. So, and I love your idea for a play. That would be really cool. That's probably pretty easy to pull off as well. So Mm. yeah. Um, All right, well, we're rolling on to the final pick of the draft. Leah, what Uh, you got
2: for us? Okay, I totally, like, retooled it, like, five times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, it's someone that has never won an Academy Award, has only been nominated one time, and it's just, I don't know, it's travesty. They're probably going to give him, like, a Lifetime Achievement bullshit one at some point. Um, but it's, it's Bill fucking Murray, like. Yes. He's only been nominated for Lost in Translation, which he should have won for. Like, Mm -hmm. it was completely insane that he didn't. I don't remember who he lost to. Who did he lose to? It was, oh, it was fucking Sean Penn in Mystic River. Um,
1: Oh. Hey, now, Sean Penn may be a wild card of a dude. uh. He is unbelievable in Mystic River.
2: I can't. I can't with the Sean Penn. Isn't it at my daughter in there? Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. That's it. no. I'd rather hear Molly Weasley do that line. So. I feel like
0: I feel like we can't bring up that name right now. We're just
2: not
1: allowed to do that right
2: now. <laughs> the wounds haven't healed yet. <laughs> oh, no.
1: Um. Continue. I want to hear the, this. Uh, this Bill Murray love. Yeah. So
2: I mean, you start, uh, you know, you start with you. I know we don't do comedies really with them, but then you have quirky things that they do like. So I mean, you have stripes, you have Ghostbusters, you have Groundhog's Day, The Man Who Knew Too Little, you have you have Rushmore, um, Royal Tenenbaums. He could have gotten it a supporting knob for Zombie Land. Like that's fucking iconic at this point. Um, you know, Hyde Park on the Hudson was his big chance. They thought because that's when he was playing FDR, and they yeah. love a real person, you know, biopic. And then, I mean, what about Bob? Like, I mean, there's a ton of a ton of things he could have at least gotten more nominations. I guess is what I'm saying. Like, sure. just only sure. having one nomination is, I don't know. I feel like it's it's a travesty. It's ridiculous. And like I said, I do think he's gonna get. One of those, you know, here's one for all your years of hard work. It's your attaboy Oscar. Um, and I don't know if you'll ever win one outright, but I hope so. So, yeah. I think he still
0: has it, too, because, like, even – this is a while ago now, but even back in, like, 2014, he made that movie St. Vincent with um, – Yeah, St. Vincent! St. Uh, Vincent was so good. I thought that was his chance, honestly, mm-hmm. because he'd been overlooked so many times, and that's one that kind of the, – the Academy favors a little bit more, like, those those kind of comedy dramas, sort yeah. of, and it felt like like the natural pick. And even that, he didn't even score a nomination, so, yeah. I don't know so what they ridiculous. have
2: against him. It's, it's something, though. Like, yeah. I don't – yeah, I thought I would think like Royal Tenenbaums, maybe, you know, or yeah, anything that he does with um Weirdo Face, you know, what's his name? Uh, Wes Anderson. Yes, thank you.
1: He goes by Weirdo Face. Weirdo Face. <laughs> I'm going to guess that Bill Murray will sneak in an Oscar win when he's around 74 in a supporting actor thing, playing some sort of like. Mentor figure in like a comedy drama type of deal, like a Noah Bombac or Like you're saying, um, that's that's where I, I think it's gonna happen. I'm.
2: You think he's gonna I'm, pull like a Robin Williams, Goodwill Hunting sort of deal? Yeah.
1: Deal. One hundred percent.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Fingers crossed. I, I love Bill Murray. I do not think he would have pulled off Sean McGuire in Goodwill Hunting.
2: <laughs> I no, think I would have been
1: no, very no. different tone.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Not him in Goodwill Hunting, but like that sort of thing. Yeah. So, well, this is now,
1: I'm three for three, you might recall, in the three podcasts I've done with you guys, with Bill Murray playing a central role. Because last time uh, I gra- drafted Groundhog Day in, yes, in one of my 90s movies, that which is one of my favorite movies ever. And if that to me is the one where. That, that, I really think, is one of the best performances ever. Groundhog Day was actually on my list of potential snubs. Zero nominations. Yeah. In my opinion, one of the best screenplays ever written. Yes. Um, and uh, zero nominations that year. Tom Hanks won the Oscar for Best Actor of the Year for Philadelphia. And then he won the next year again for Forrest Gump. He pulled off the back-to-back win. Yeah. He is great in Philadelphia. But, that, I mean, give Bill Murray a nom for that year. I'm looking at the Best Actor nominees from that year. Um, let's see. Tom Hanks, Daniel Day-Lewis, loves to pop in there for In the Name of the Father. Lawrence Fishburne for What's Love Got to Do With It. Anthony Hopkins for Remains of the Day. And Liam Neeson for Schindler's List. Those are some very Oscars-y sounding movies. Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, that was like, they were like, <laughs> we are going to go for the Oscars this year. Um, we're not giving it to Groundhog Day. We are doing the Oscars. Yeah. Um, oh, and then the first time I was on, Kyle, when we drafted director after Combos We Want to See, you might remember I paired up with the Cohen brothers with Bill Murray, and then we realized that I probably subtly thought of that, or or like in, uh, unintentionally thought of that because he was in a different Cohen movie, which is that Garfield, like Jimmy Garfield, was directed by like a fake Joel Cohen, like a dude named Joel Cohen, and legitimately. Mia, yeah, are you aware of this? That Bill Murray signed on to do that movie because he thought he was doing a killer? No. <laughs> no, no. like legit. Kyle, that's correct, right? We talked about yeah, this. Yeah. That, that is legit. That is legit.
2: <laughs> Did he not see the H? Like, I don't understand. Like- <laughs> he was off. He, he
1: he didn't care. He didn't care at all. He was he was into it.
2: And uh, at what point do you think he realized it was not the Cohen brothers? Like, did he Hold read on. the script? Did he read the script and he was like, damn it,
1: Joel and Ethan, you've done it again. First Fargo, then No <laughs> Country for Men, now a tale of two kitties.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. And Betty was like, you know oh, what? Yeah. I bet the animation is gonna be like real interesting. So you know, like,
1: oh, we spend all the money getting the Coen brothers. We have like no money for the animation. It's gonna be like really, really my cluster. <laughs> okay, I feel bad. I have not seen either of the Garfield movies. For all I know, they're masterpieces.
0: Oh, they're terrible. It's okay. okay you okay. can trash I, I... all you want.
1: <laughs> I think
0: There's even a joke about it. There's a really great joke about it in the second Zombieland movie in the post-credit scene. It's like him giving an interview about Garfield or something, and then it's when the zombie, the zombies come in. It's so <laughs> funny.
1: Uh, if I yeah, so if good.
0: they
1: gave if they gave a an Oscar for best cameo, which would be a cool Oscar category, if it had to be like five minutes or less on screen, Zombieland, boom, 100%. one of the best. I
2: mean. They give in Oscars for like tiny little or Oscar yeah. nominations and everything for tiny little roles. So it's yeah. it's been yeah. done. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And talk like the Alfred Molina one for promising young woman could have been up for that for sure in this made-up category. Also, uh, give an Oscar nomination to Kingpin for best hairstyling. His hair in Kingpin is <laughs> oh, revelatory. Well, it's perfect. It is it, it is it is in so many places at so many different times. And him, the face he makes when he throws that last ball to give Big Urn that last strike. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I believe that Kingpin is a masterpiece. And I hope we're all in agreement there. And uh, a, a movie, another movie we did not list. Not I was listed.
2: trying to remember it. I know.
1: We, we just totally didn't give a shit about bowling. <laughs> oh, and, and Leah, you were doing all the Disney Channel original movies. What about the Alley Cat Strike?
2: I, that was after my time. So. Double
1: cheese. Motocross.
2: Oh, well, I'm now oh, really Motocross. All... Motocross was my time. So was Surf Girls or, or Rip Girls. I should have gotten that one. Yeah. The girls. Got, would bring it on if counted? Is that a sports Blue movie? crush? I don't bring it on. Should have counted. Bring it off. Count.
1: Wow, man. Oh, the uh, on, second list game them. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we just dive into another list game, let's go for some. I know we have. Plenty of honorable mentions. Oh yeah. So, Leah, kick us off. Just rapid fire some honorable mentions for us.
2: Okay. Um. Let's see. Uh. The 2017 Oscars. Lala La Land's garbage music won over Moana's "How Far I'll Go," which would have given Lin Manuel Ma- uh, Miranda uh, an EGOT, which yeah. would have been fucking amazing. So yeah. fuck them for that. Uh. 1990s. Driving Miss Daisy over Born on the Fourth of July. Fuck off.
3: Ooh. Uh.
2: Yeah. Let's see. Obviously, the 1999 Shakespeare in Love over Saving Private Ryan is sure. a travesty. Um, also, what wasn't nominated that year for anything was Truman Show in Pleasantville, and that's garbage. Yep. Um, what else do I have? Oh, and uh, 2017, the Academy Award winning movie Suicide Squad. Uh I know it's in makeup, but they can still say it's an <laughs> Academy Award winner and that hurts. And also, I mean they had Deadpool. They could have gone with him for hair and makeup and it wasn't nominated at all. Like <laughs> Yeah, well first Ow.
1: real fast, um, going back to the 19, the the Driving Miss Daisy one is kind of the icon there's really three things that are brought up as like big whenever people talk about Oscar Travesty, they usually talk about Crash Over Brokeback Mountain. Yep, Shakespeare in Love. Mm-hmm over Saving Private Ryan, yep. and you mentioned The drive Miss Daisy, but usually it's Do the Right Thing, is what people talk about, which is, uh, gen- yeah, I don't yeah. think it was nominated, was it nominated for Best Picture, but not for Best Director? I think it was nominated for Best Picture, um, but either that, or I actually haven't seen Born on the Fourth of July, um, I'm sure it's fantastic, um, but those three, but the one I was going to defend at the beginning when we said Crash, I thought someone was going to do the Saving Private Ryan over Shakespeare in Love. I love me. I knew that was state. the one you were gonna I don't go with. Sort of Shakespeare and Love. Saving <laughs> <You know, listen, laughs> COVID Ryan is amazing, yeah. but I don't like that people dump on Shakespeare and Love like it's a bad movie. It is fantastic movie. Shakespeare in Love is hilarious. It's an amazing screenplay. You've got Ben Affleck doing Shakespeare talk. Um,
2: that movie rules.
1: Mm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <It's sighs>
2: um, the other one I always think of in that category as well is the 2011 King's Speech, winning out over like. There was, so, it was so yeah. stacked and fucking. It's King's obviously speech. the main one. I loved it. King's Speech. I loved it, but like, it should not have won that and director and actor. Yeah. No, it was not. It,
0: 100% I, it should have been Toy Story 3. Like, it, and that's not even I, my yeah, favorite movie. Toy Story movie 3, I, I mean, but there was just so it's many. such an achievement.
2: Yeah. Inception Social Network, like, I mean, 127 Shulker hours. There grit. Like, there's yeah. so many yeah. in that year. And, I, King's speech won because it was easy and the most digestible. So it's for sure that's 100%
0: correct. All right, that's
2: that's I vomited, Um, (laughs) word vomited.
1: (laughs) All right, Micah, honorable mentions. Let's go. All right, I'll try to go fast. So uh, the 2009 Oscars for the 2008 movies, that is when they switched from five nominees to more. Mm. And even though they never explicitly said this, it is kind of inferred because they snubbed two of the biggest movies from 2008, which is The Dark Knight and Wally. Those of which are supremely deserving of Best Picture nominations, and neither got it. And 2008 was not a strong year for movies, really. The Best Picture nominees from that movie, was, what? From that year were um, Sun Millionaire, which won, which is a movie I really like, um, but has, like, no cultural footprint now, I feel. And then The Reader, Milk, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and Frost Nixon. I actually really like Milk and, and Frost Nixon. I think they're both really good. But... That is not the strongest year of Best Picture nominees when you have The Dark Knight and Wally sitting there. So that's kind of a big-time snub. Um, one that I thought someone—Kyle, I really thought you were going to take this, which is Andy Serkis in Lord of the Rings. I thought about, about him, yeah. You know, I have that on my list as a possible one. Um, or, honestly, as Caesar in the Planet of the Apes movies, um, like, how, who could be better? Than him and Gollum. Now I want to look up what won Best Supporting Actor for two thousand two when he was in the Two Towers. Um, I actually know it's Chris Cooper for adaptation. I'm like ninety five percent sure that's right, uh, which is a movie oh, I love okay. and a performance I understandable. love. Understandable. Um, yeah. But com- how did he not get nominated for an Oscar yeah. for any of those movies? Uh, that's kind of a travesty. Um, we had mentioned Amy Adams before. You mentioned for Arrival. My favorite Amy Adams performance again, this is kind of like the legally blonde corollary, and that it's so non Oscars it has no chance. But her in Enchanted, which is a movie I <laughs> love Enchanted. so deeply, it is great movie. Yeah, that's a movie that would never be honored by the Oscars except for like best song, which it was nominated for or something. It had, but like, three best songs, yeah. yeah. But yeah, oh, I love The Enchanted. That's how you know. I mean, that's, that's how you know. Uh, <laughs> um, but she, that's, that's like the Reese Witherspoon and Legally Blonde. She's the only person I could envision doing it. And it could go so wrong in so many ways. I mean, this is a movie with her sh- shouting to an old man, you are not a very nice old man. And it's amazing. And it, it, it's, I've seen Enchanted a bunch of times, and she's so funny and so fantastic in it. Give her a nomination. Um, that's great. They Robin do Williams?
2: keep nominating her. Yeah. yeah. Win.
1: For the wrong movies. <laughs> Robin Williams is the genie? Yeah, oh, yeah. So they're never. Yes. So I mean, again, they're never gonna give a, a voice, not the nation performance. That again should probably be a category: best voiceover performance, especially since there's so many animated movies now. Um, and then I'll just toss in for just Pixar in general, for all their output, has a total of two best picture nominees. It was Up and Toy Story Three, and it took until they expanded the category to get one of them in there. And then yeah. since then, they've made Inside Out. They've made Coco. Those are the two really since then that I'm just it it boggles my mind that in 2015 they were like Inside Out, mm -mm, not one of the best movies of the year. I'm like, have you seen Inside Out? Obviously not. Or you would be sobbing and giving it every award that's ever been created. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, just kind of the obvious ones that I wasn't going to draft. But, you know, Alfred Hitchcock never won an Oscar. Uh, Stanley Kubrick never won a directing Oscar. Uh, No wonder Damon hates the Oscars. They fuck it up all the time. They don't know what they're doing.
2: They really do. Well, this You're is a good
0: chance. This is my chance to, to trash to shit on my, my co-host because he's not here. There's a good chance he's never seen those movies because they came out before the year 1980. But you know, oh, uh, she Damon. Was
2: fired Damon. Damon. he <laughs> would not have done That'll well in bad. that first card game then.
0: Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um all right, I'm gonna rapid fire through some of these. Um Michael B. Jordan not being nominated for Fruitville Station is just ridiculous. That, that movie I don't shortest, think got yeah. any nominations, and it's just wild. Um Micah mentioned Alfred Hitchcock. I'm glad we mentioned that because he's Alfred Hitchcock. Like, come on. (laughs) Uh, The fact that he's never been nominated is is wild. Um, And then this is just a very personal one. Micah knows this. I love this movie. It's my favorite movie of all time. No Best Director director nomination for Michael Mann for Heat, uh, which is, like, I have personal love for that movie, but I also think you you watch that movie, and it's, like, it's so well-directed. It's so well-directed. I don't know what else was nominated that year, but... There could have been room for it because it's like three hours long and it doesn't feel like it. And it's just directed so well. Um, there were a whole lot.
1: Zero nominations, by the way. Heat has zero Oscar nominations.
0: Who? Do what?
1: I said, sorry. Heat has zero Oscar nominations. He oh. Did not get room for anything.
0: Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, and then one, again, this is a more subjective one, but I think that Glenn Hansard and Mark Kitsa, Irglova, both deserve nominations for once. It won Best Original Song, which is, like, the more obvious one for a movie about music. But they are just so natural and so authentic in that movie. Mm-hmm. Would have loved to see nominations for both of them. Um, but we covered quite a bit. Like, I love I loved the spread of all of this. This is... Did not expect to be talking so passionately about Rainbow Connection on a podcast that didn't involve Thad. So I love that. Thank you so much,
1: Leah. You're very welcome. (laughs) Before we go, I I had a question for you guys. Since we've spent all this time, first of all, I love the Oscars. Obviously, we wouldn't be talking about that at all the time. I have a big fat Oscars book of just, like, all of Oscars history. Like I mentioned to you guys, I decided randomly to memorize all the Best Picture winners. Um, And my students know that. And they'll randomly just shout out a year at me. They'll be like, 1982, and I just got to go Gandhi. <laughs> and so, uh, it, you know, it's kind of Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gandhi. At, at one point, I knew all the best actor winners, but those have mostly, all the ones like pre-1960 have faded out of my mind, but I can I re-up those ones. But I, I was curious before we leave, since we spent so much time kind of dumping on Oscars mistakes. What's an Oscars win that you love, that you're like, uh, it doesn't have to be best picture, but we're like, oh, I love that this actor won an Oscar for this movie, or that this, like, where you feel like they got it really right. What's something that, is there one you can think of where you're like, oh, this was like, this, this they got it right for this category this year. But yeah. It's, yeah, that's it's harder, got it? Be,
0: it's gotta be Robin Williams for Good Will Hunting. That was like, my that like <laughs> like, If that didn't happen, I would have, like, It's not like I was alive then, but I would have lost my mind. Uh, You know, it's it's just it feels like such a natural choice. Again, I don't know what else came out that year. Who else was nominated? But if he didn't win that Oscar, that's just yeah, it's it's the perfect performance. So,
2: yeah. And it was like it was like it didn't feel like, oh, they're just giving it to him because like, oh, this was good and it's good enough. It was like, no, this was this was it. So,
1: right. For sure.
2: No, that was that was the first one that came to my mind as well.
1: <laughs> well, then I think that's the right pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our favorite Oscars win is Robin Williams for Good Will Hunting. I'm trying to think of another one where I was just like, yes, they really nailed this. Where they, you know, where they get it right more often is in like the screenplay categories. A lot of the time sure. they'll get they'll get those where they're just like, oh, especially like best original screenplay. That's where a movie like Her will win. And, and I'm,
2: I, I'm, get very, out. that was,
1: get he, out yeah get
2: out one, get yeah, out one. That great. was actually we, really good. That was yes. awesome to watch that. So. yeah
1: And that was right. Get Out and Lady Bird came out the same year, 2017. Yeah. And they both lost to The Shape of Water, which I really liked. And I really loved Guillermo del Toro, but I would have, both of those movies are better than The Shape of Water. Yes. But that's a great, um, original screenplay battle for Ladybird versus Get Out. Cause those are both two of the best screenplays. Um, that I can think of, but yeah, no, him winning, forget it. Yeah, that's, that's one of them getting. That
2: it right. was a huge moment. Yeah, it was, sure. it was huge. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. well, this
0: was a blast. Thank you both so much for joining. Uh, so much fun. Micah, you pulled off the hat trick, my man. You pulled off three in a row, three, three successes. <laughs> and Leah, thank you so much for joining us for the first time. I hope it you had so much fun. fun. <laughs> I hope this was good. Awesome. Uh, we know we have you scheduled for one coming up. Uh, We'll keep the viewers and the listeners in suspense for what that is, but uh, we can tell you guys that next week we are kicking off our brand new series stewards of sound with the 1950s. Um, We're basically doing the same thing like we did with Children of the Tube and Acolytes of Film. Just going decade by decade. We're going a decade earlier than the others with the 1950s with this one. And then yeah, songs of the decade. Just our favorite our our favorite songs that define that decade. It's going to be a tough task. Yeah it's it's going to be impossible <laughs> but we, we look forward to that um yeah as always thank y'all so much for listening we will catch you next week bye guys no
3: more rules Bye. bye.